93.3 WMMR Audio On Demand presents the Preston and Steve Show podcast. And now, Preston and Steve's news update with Kathy Romano. And today is Friday, August 9th. Good morning, Kathy. Good morning. In the news this morning, authorities say two doctors and their daughter were killed in a plane crash on Thursday morning in Upper Moreland Township, Montgomery County. The crash was reported by 911 uh, from a resident on a mini lane about 6.20 a.m. Investigators say a single-engine Beechcraft Bonanza propeller plane crashed in the rear of the property. The three people killed were inside the plane. No one on the ground was injured. Please confirm all three victims were family members from one family. The pilot was 60-year-old Dr. Jasveer, his wife, 54-year-old Dr. Divya, and their daughter, 19-year-old Kieran. The family leaves behind another daughter. Mm-hmm. Jasveer was a pathologist at Temple University. <clears throat> Divya was a professor of pediatrics in the Drexel College of Medicine. The plane took off from Northeast Philadelphia Airport based on the flight plan. Investigators believe the plane was headed to Ohio State University. Authorities say the plane went down three minutes after takeoff. There has been no word on a possible cause of the crash. There was no distress call and the plane was not equipped with a black box. Investigators from the NTSB arrived at the scene yesterday afternoon. A preliminary report is released uh, or will be released in about 10 to 15 days. I'm not sure this is the case, but it seems to be the case or maybe I've heard it that uh, statistically most accidents occur right after takeoff. It seems that way. Yeah, yeah. Uh, For these private aircraft. Right, right. For some reason, yeah, if there's a mechanical problem, it Happens. Presents early. Right then and there. So sad. When yeah. I heard that they had another daughter that's now left behind. Her yeah. mother, father, yeah. and sister gone. Absolutely I, terrible. I love flying in those things. But, you know, people say, would you I ever don't. be interested in taking <laughs> taking um, lessons? No, because I, I just think I'm too stupid. I get nervous going up. A few of my friends are pilots. And yeah. I get nervous going up with them in those little planes. I'm like, you know what? I'll just... I'll skip it. You yeah. know, They're, I've been the, up a few times. Some of the some of the most joyous times flying have been in like like a Piper Cub or something like that. You know, or, or a small smaller plane. But you know, I remember flying one time from Seattle to uh, Spokane in a really small plane in a storm. And I'm like, uh oh, oh yeah, okay, yeah, it's a different yeah. sensation for sure. Philadelphia police are investigating a deadly home invasion in the city's Ronhurst section on Thursday night. It happened at 8.15 in the evening on the 1900 block of Stanwood Street. Police say two men were sitting in the burgundy-colored getaway car while two other men kicked in the front door of the home. Police say a 23-year-old man was rushed to the hospital with a gunshot wound to the upper torso. He later died at the hospital. Police say right now there's no clear motive for the violence, only that the victim was targeted. No arrests have been made. Witnesses say that there were at least four men in the getaway car, which is described as a minivan, possibly with New Jersey plates. Anyone with information is asked to contact police by calling 215-686-TIPS. The original designers of the Philly Fanatic, who are embroiled in a lawsuit with the team over the beloved mascot, are speaking out. Bonnie Erickson and Wade Harrison registered the copyright in 1979 and licensed the Fanatic to the Phillies in 1984. With the rights set to expire next year, the artists say that they were in the middle of negotiations with the team when the Phillies suddenly sued. In a statement to 6ABC, the artists say that they're incredibly disappointed and that at the Phillies' request more than 40 years ago, we created the Fanatic, giving him a story and a life. Over the decades since, we have taken care of him, even patching him back together when he needed it. While we very much want the Fanatic to remain the Phillies' mascot, we will not yield to the lawsuit. Ta- this lawsuit tactic. Kathy, they've been performing his colonoscopies over the past <laughs> while, well, couple of decades. when you yeah. get to a certain age, right, you need you it. Know, you know, you need it. I, this, this story intrigues me because, you know, if they, if they did create 
this creature, and they had an agreement. Creature. Anyway, creature. <laughs> but what the hell? It's it was an anteater, right? Uh, who knows? Yeah. No, he's, but, it's real, Preston. But, and, and there's a, a lot of money being made. I can understand why you would... Yeah, you, well, but they want compensation. So the Phillies are suing them. I know. You know, they were in negotiations. They're probably asking for a decent chunk of change. But if they created it, they know how much money they're making off of them. Yeah. They're probably, you know, asking for some money uh, to to renegotiate this. And then all of a sudden, the Phillies turn around and sue, and they're not having it. Well, you know, the fanatic is being represented by Swoop. Wouldn't that be great? Just a big with Gritty's a character witness, right? Yeah. The, crying mm-hmm. on the stand, mm-hmm. cross examined. At, at the heart of the copyright dispute. The Phillies say in their suit the mascot was their idea and that Harrison Erickson just executed it. The team Your Honor, this witness is giving the jury googly eyes. <laughs> <laughs> you get yourself uh, in yeah. a lot of trouble doing that. The team goes on to say that while it declined to purchase the copyright of the beloved character for $1,300 at the time, it has devoted millions of dollars into promoting the mascot. The suit is also trying to prevent the New York firm and any other team from using and selling fanatic products. I mean, the one thing we found out these things are freaking expensive yeah. mascot oh, yeah, outfits yeah. are expensive yeah, just, especially that one yeah because it's got an air conditioning system inside right. of it and all kinds of like literally bells and whistles <laughs> but yeah yeah <laughs> think about the ones though think about the like the the um animated uh, um fate the new mickey that costume uh-huh. the mickey mouse oh yeah where the, 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 it smiles and does i mean so you're talking Loads of money. Yep. Oh, yeah, I'm sure. So, okay, so the Phillies are saying that the Fanatic was their idea, but that these people made the actual costume? Well, she, the, the there's wo- contention in that. There, oh, gray the, areas. Yeah, there's basic ideas that, that I think came from both sides, right, to be honest. Okay. I read that, that story yeah, the other day yeah. about it, and, and like his backstory, the she, this woman came up with, uh, but... The megaphone knows a yeah, lot an anti idea, uh, but uh, that's what they claim. But the uh, uh, and I've forgotten the names. The former um, uh, manager had said he wanted green fur and this and that. So I think it was yeah. a collaboration, to be yeah. honest. So you know, and here we go. Here we go. And now we're fighting. Yep. All right, in sports this morning. <laughs> In their first preseason game last night, the Eagles lost to the Tennessee Titans at the link. Is it? Quarterback Nate Sudfeld broke his left wrist on a late hit in the second quarter of the Eagles' 27-10 loss to the Titans. Sudfeld is scheduled for surgery this morning, but Eagles coach Doug Peterson said that the injury is not season-ending and they will not add another quarterback to the roster. Next up for the Eagles is a game in Jacksonville Nick Fo- against Nick, Nick Foles and the Jaguars. The Phillies also lost, falling to the Giants 5-0 last night in San Francisco. What the f- is it? Madison Bumgarner carried a no-hit bid into the sixth inning and won his fourth straight decision, leading the Giants to the win. The series continues tonight and Drew Smiley will get the start. Game time is set for 10-15. And the New York Yankees and Chicago White Sox will play a game at the famed Field of Dreams in Dyersville, Iowa on August 13th, 2020. A temporary 8,000 seat ballpark will be built at the site where the 1989 movie was filmed <laughs> to accommodate the first major league game played in the state. Construct- That's cool. Construction on the ballpark will begin wow. next year, one year before the game will be played. The setup will continue a pathway through the cornfields for 
for fans. The right field wall will be broken up by windows to show the corn stalks behind the wall. And that's what I have for you this morning. All right. Thank you very much, Kathy. Welcome to Paradise Friday. I mean, I, th- I think we can call that a little bit of paradise. You know, it may not be the ultimate, but you get uh, a weekend laid out before you with beautiful weather. So at least we got that going for I us. forget who I was having the conversation with about the breakdown of the weekend and which day Friday has such promise. Mm. Yeah. Saturday... It's all cake. Uh, it's right. Yeah. And then Sunday, you're, okay, I guess I started right, right. going back yeah. tomorrow. Yeah, exactly. So of the two, you have your Friday and your Saturday. There's a there's a genuine extra bit of glee. Saturday, you're you're, you're, you're moving ahead through it. Yeah. Uh, so Friday may be the best day of the year. Uh, I think so, yeah, because yeah. Uh, you get your work done, and then you're then it's just it's yeah. whatever you want it to be. Because actually, Saturday, I don't know about you guys, but on Saturday, I already start working again. Yeah, uh, I, yeah. I, it's one of the first things I do Saturday morning. I get up and I start doing prep work. Go for the through following this. I week. do. Yes, uh, and, yeah. And, and I try to get ahead of it. That's yeah. Why. So I'm so I'm not clumping it all on Sunday, and making Sunday be a full work day. Right. No, I agree. Folks, we do a little bit of work <laughs> before we come into the radio. And program. also for us, Friday ends early, so yes. we have the whole day to. No, that's true. To start true. drinking. Yeah. yeah. Yes. Yeah. Just, we yeah. have the whole day to and drink. Dublo. So yeah, yeah. Lunch drinking Friday. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely, we can do that. Whippets, the whole uh, thing. Absolutely, man. Pneumatic hoses in our butts. We do it all. But <laughs> do we? We do. Yeah, yeah, we don't all do that. <laughs> Some of us. I have not speaking for everybody, but yeah, you know. yeah. All right. Anyhow, whether you have a pneumatic hose in your future yeah, or not, I, I think I do. Revel the fact that it is uh, Friday. There it is. Yes. <laughs> Happy Friday. <laughs> That is my butt. <laughs> that is Casey's, that butt. Casey's butt. Was it a Friday? We had to moisten it a little bit. <laughs> I don't recall, man. Okay. Time. All right. Well. <laughs> Hold on. Wait. The, the, my favorite okay. is the end. <laughs> At the end. <laughs> okay. Well, I guess maybe work is an overused term for yeah, what we yeah, do, yeah, you yeah. know, <laughs> but anyhow. Really uh, uh, nuanced. We have uh, we have some cool guests coming in today. We have, a, we have a, a crew of people stopping by at 9 o'clock, so they are here to talk about this film called Blinded by the Light. And actually, I'm going to touch on it a little bit more when we get into, uh, I think I have some. Entertainment and music? I, I know in music news yeah. I have. Some information about it, but it's about um, Bruce Springsteen and the inspiration that his music uh, had given to uh, a young Muslim man. And I, I need to get more information it's on this. Pac- but- it was a Pakistani uh, family. They moved to London when he was about two. Working class family. Almost sounds like this the thing that happened you know, with Freddie Mercury. She in the beginning of Freddie Mercury, sort of working class, mm-hmm. and he was kind of, it was kind of tough. And uh, so the working class music of Springsteen at the time. Spoke to him. So, like, the, the original story, uh, uh, plot or the title of the movie was Greetings from whatever town. It was yeah. it, like, Greetings from Bury Park. Right, yeah, yeah. Which is literally the name of the, the neighborhood that he grew up in. There you go. Not Asbury Park, but in England, it was called Bury Park. So he had this connection to Bruce that he's felt his entire oh. life. I'm, I'm actually really curious as to why they changed the name of the movie uh, to, to Blinded, Blinded by, by the, the Light. light. Yeah. yeah, I'd like to hear that as well because and, I think that's a clever title, but I think... Maybe more people, because uh, uh, Greetings from Asbury Park is one of my... It's a great album. I, I love that, yeah. I love early Springsteen. Yeah. When he was still from Jersey and not a sharecropper. Maybe maybe because Blinded by the Light, you know, it's a little more direct yeah. at Bruce. You know what I mean? Uh, as opposed to a uh, 
Um, I blame the marketing people. Uh, But anyhow, nonetheless, we have some of the stars of the film stopping by, and we have the writers of the film stopping by this morning today. Yeah, it's cool. A group of four uh, in here. And and the the director, Preston, did Bend It Like Beckham. Uh, Oh, really? Yeah, that's one of our films. Yeah, yeah. Um, All right, so I'm going to butcher the names. (laughs) Uh, uh, Vivek uh, Korea, Aaron Fagura, uh, Grinder, uh, Kada, and uh, Sarfraz Manzur. So many are the days when I uh, I'm thrilled I'm not you. Uh, today would be one of them. Yeah, it's yeah, one yeah, of them. those names. And I don't feel well. So uh, I'll yeah. use that as an excuse. How about yeah. that? Because a lot of times you have to say these things and you have oh. to do all this stuff. The, the pyrotechnics, oh. I just say, I'll just, I'm just, i happy. Present. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to apologize to them ahead of time. Yeah. So anyhow, uh, how about we get liquored up? I got some beer to give away. Yeah. How about that okay. at 625 a.m.? I will give away Casey Yard's uh, Philly Pale Ale. Uh, to call number 15-215-263-WMMR. You can find Philly Pale Ale on bottles and cans wherever yards, beers are sold, including Wine Warehouse in Voorhees. So give us a call now. I have got weird stuff in the entertainment report today. Awesome. I think you're going to love it, so we'll come back. I have a lot of information to pass along to you, so we'll get to it and a stupid question when we return. Get social with Preston and Steve and WMMR. Facebook, Twitter, you know, the usual places. Steven Singer's Ready for Love Diamond Engagement Rings are ready to go. <laughs> Whether your budget's $500 or $5,000, Steven has the perfect ring for you at the perfect price. Online at IHateStevenSinger.com or at the other corner of 8th and Walnut in Philly. IHateStevenSinger.com. Back with more of the Preston and Steve Show podcast. So, stupid question this morning. This one's very interesting. I wonder if we'll get a good answer or correct answer out of this or not. What did ancient Romans and Greeks believe that wearing amethyst would do? What would amethyst do wearing it? Wearing it? I'll even clue you in a little right. bit more in this. So, uh, they believed that it would stop you from from something happening to huh. Um It's interesting. You're, you're going to have to look this one up. But what did ancient Romans and Greeks believe that wearing amethyst did for you. 215-263-WMMR. I'll go through some birthdays. And i got a lot of stories, so I want to get right to this. So uh, today is Friday, August 9th. Uh, Bill Skarsgård celebrates his birthday today. Yep. Good actor. Fantastic. A lot of good stuff. Oh. Yep. And that Pennywise? That's Pennywise. Okay. Yep. Uh, and when does that next movie come out? September. Awesome. Yeah. I believe. Can't wait. Yeah. We had him in here in our studio. Yeah. Why and am I he... not talking on the microphone? I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. Hey, guys. Hey, welcome to the show. Casey's uh, joining the show. What I like is that he, he did this thing. He has always been able to do this thing where he purses his lower lip. Yeah. And uh, he does it in the movie. And it's really cool and chilling. He's 29 today. Jillian Anderson of The X-Files. Is uh, 51 years old today. It was just two companies per day. It was? Yeah. I wonder if they used to have a little party on the set. <laughs> Probably. The truth is out there. Yeah. Uh, so happy birthday to her. Uh, Eric Bana, the actor, is uh, also 51 years old today. Uh, great in uh, Munich. Uh, right? He's uh, in, in that film. Um, I need yeah. to see that. Yeah. And he's not, he does a good job in that original Hulk, which is uh, the Ang Lee version, but it's right. just not that good. Black Hawk Down, a few others. He's 51, like I said. Uh, the very beautiful Anna Kendrick. Yeah. Uh, she's been here as well. Um, she was very, very nice. What are we playing? Uh, it's the Uh Yeah, she was in Pitch Perfect, uh, up in the air, nominated for an Oscar. She was nominated. Which was really cool. And uh, and she came in, like, right after that nomination uh, was put up Was there. announced, yeah. And she's also in a good movie with uh, Jake Gyllenhaal called End of Shift. Uh, Twilight Saga as well. She's 34 today. Melanie Griffith. Uh, she had, uh, That's yeah, the way she says it now. She had balloon lips for a while there. Yeah. Uh, working girl. Um, Is she marrying John Cougar Mellencamp? 
No. Oh, no, Meg Ryan. That's right, yeah. Uh, But she is the estranged wife of Antonio Banderas and former wife of Don Johnson twice. Twice. Yep, they got married two times. And uh, her daughter is uh, Dakota Johnson. Yep. Uh, She's 62 today. Sam Elliott uh, is 75 years old today. How good is he in In, uh, Stars Born? He's great in Stars Born. He's excellent. Everybody's great in Stars Born. You know who's great, really good in Stars Born? Is Andrew Dice Clay? Andrew Dice Clay, Uh, yeah. He does a great job. Blown away. There's a scene in A A Star is Born where where, uh, Bradley Cooper says, basically reveals to his older brother, Sam Elliott, that he was the one that he looked up to. Oh, my God. And that scene just kills you. I'm telling you, yeah. it's it's becoming one of my favorite movies. It's it's very well done, and I'm very impressed with our friend Bradley because he did an amazing yeah, our job. Dear, yes. dear friend Bradley Cooper. Uh, but Sam Elliott was great. And I've <laughs> yeah. always liked Sam Elliott. Uh, he's 75 today. Uh, Dion Sanders uh, is time. yep yep. Neon Dion is 52 today. Audrey Tautou, French actress. You may remember her from the Da Vinci Code and Amiel. Is she the Amile. one who's like related to Jesus or how does it? Yeah. yeah, 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 exactly. She's like a second cousin. She saw him at a picnic once. She plays uh, Sophie. Oh, yeah. Wait, that isn't that her? Or wait, is this a different actress? No, you're right. Okay, yeah, she, Da Vinci Code. Yeah, Amelie. Yeah. yeah, there's a uh, the Bella Code. There's a picture of her, and her hair is shorter. <laughs> and I'm like, wait, that doesn't look like the same one. But anyhow, she's 43 today. And then the last day, last birthday I saw is Amanda Bears. Bears. Uh, and she played Marcy Darcy on Married with Children. Ah, uh, you know, she went on to become a really um, popular television director. She directed really? a lot of uh, Married with Children. Yep, yep. Yeah, a lot of those episodes uh, towards the last half of that series were directed and by her. Do you know she she is in the Fright Night? Fright Night. Fright Night. I was about yeah. to say. Yeah, she plays the... The uh, original Fright Night. She's the, the, the girlfriend. That's right, correct. Well, what else has she been doing Fright. then? Because, yeah, like, that guy who played Ricky in um, uh, yeah. Better Off Dead, and he was in the head of the class. He produces like, all the Disney shows. Right. So he's, um, you know, I wonder what shows she's been behind as well, far as the director is concerned. Jump on over to Pornhub and take a look. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Nick has pulled this up, but uh, it mainly has her acting credits, so okay. I don't really... Yeah, a lot of directing. IMDb. I uh, don't really know. But anyhow, right. um, happy birthday to her. She's 61 years old today. All right, let's see if we can... And uh, get an answer to this uh, very interesting question. What did ancient Romans and Greeks believe wearing amethyst would do for you? 215-263-WMMR is the number. And we're going to go to Chris and take a crack at this. Hey, Chris, good morning. Good morning. Hey, so do you know what uh, ancient Romans and Greeks believed wearing amethyst did for you? I believe they thought it would prevent them from becoming drunk. Yes, yes. They would uh, keep you from getting drunk. Oh! Hang on, Chris. I assume that works. Uh, yeah, sure. Yeah. Like, like a charm. Uh, so, Chris, I mean, wouldn't they figure it out after the first yeah. time somebody tried it that it didn't, you know? I like, think we need to reassess the yeah. this. Uh, so, we're going to give them a pair of uh, Pennsylvania Renaissance Fair tickets. You can celebrate Her Majesty's Coronation Day, Saturdays and Sundays <laughs> at the Pennsylvania Renaissance Fair, right after Turnpike 266. See a cherry pulled over to the side of the road. It's okay, officer. I'm wearing amethyst. Yeah. <laughs> Discount tickets at paramfair.com. All right. Uh, Kylie Jenner is celebrating her 22nd birthday as only a billionaire mogul can. <laughs> God. By launching a new money-themed makeup line and inviting her nearest and dearest to a yacht off the coast of Capri, Italy. You saw this. It's a $250 million yacht. It is called the Tranquility. Uh, she was spotted on there Thursday with boyfriend Travis Scott. 
and uh, momager Chris Jenner, along with Chris's boyfriend, Corey Gamble. Scott Disk and his girlfriend, Sophia Ritchie, were in attendance as well. He expected to arrive with the three kids that she shares with Scott. The yacht can accommodate 22 guests, has a 29-person crew. There's more crew than there are guests. Than there are guests, thing. but you need it. The thing's freaking huge. It costs, just for a week, yeah. $1.2 million. Uh-huh. It includes 10 cabins, a sauna, helipad, beauty salon, theater, steam room, jacuzzi, and swimming pool with underwater lights. Um, <sighs> photographs of Kylie boarding a plane with a wedding dress set off a flurry of wedding rooms. <gasps> Uh, but sources tell people that there are no plans for them to get married. So I was looking at a picture of one of the decks pressed, and there is a, like a full, looks like a bar you'd see at a club, and in front of it is a super huge hot tub. Mm. That's right on the ship there. Or At this point, is it technically a ship? I, it's considered Whatever the hell, it's huge. So, yeah, I don't know. But uh, you know what? I'd, I'd love to see them do the opposite sometime and go to like a KOA campground. Yeah, and, right. You know, yeah, yeah. Have their party Sure, there. yeah, yeah. You know, wouldn't that be... I think do a little glamping. Kind of compelling. I love KOA campground. I do too. <laughs> they're so much fun. Yeah. And they're like 10 bucks yeah. to stay there. So we saved, we saved 1.2 million. <laughs> yeah. uh, so somebody said it's... Uh, this is according to a source. It's not... Kylie's wedding, and she's only flying to Italy to celebrate her birthday. Yes, yeah, so shut up. Shut up. She had a big. She just likes to fly her wedding gowns around. She had a big successful year, and she wanted to treat herself, her family, and friends yeah. to the best party. So, uh, <laughs> Kylie and Travis share an eighteen-month-old daughter, Stormy. Of course. So there, there you go. That's um. How that's, they're a big party. How much of a disconnect do you have to have? I mean, that level because she's grown up in 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 wealth all all of her life. Yes, yeah. severe disconnect uh, so, with real life. Right. Yes. So this just probably seems like a logical progression. I think we would all be going, "Oh my god!" Even even what is considered to be upper class, yeah. would be, peasant, "Oh my god!" would yeah. be peasant level. You yeah. know what I mean? Yep. All right, so uh, the uh, Hannah Brown boy, she's something else. Oh, she's just a pip, and she's a pip. <laughs> What a pip. What a pip. Like Gladys Knight and, and the. Okay. Uh, and also the little uh, pieces of Hershey's chocolates. Pips. Yes. Those are called pips. Pips. Those oh. are good. So while many, those are the ones when you break the bar apart there. They're right. sectioned into pips. Oh, I'm sorry. I wanted that. to be specific. Yes, yep. that's a pip. That could have been a stupid question. While many people would be kind of flattered if they got favorably compared to a supermodel, the former bachelorette is not hearing it. Ooh. Uh, Brown, of course, is involved in uh, extracting herself from a love triangle with uh, the bachelorette runner-up Tyler Cameron and Gigi Hadid. Mm-hmm. After Brown Dumped her fiance on live TV. She asked Cameron out, and he was photographed leaving her home soon after. But just a day later, he was out and about with Hadid, while Brown confessed to having a quote beef with his lack of respect. Are you beefing with me? That doesn't mean two wrongs make a right. In Instagram stories, she asked her followers and supporters to just stop bashing uh, Gigi Hadid. <laughs> uh, but here's what some of her fans were saying: They were saying, "Honestly, you're hotter than Gigi." I said it. I love her, but wow, I said it. <laughs> Uh, here's another one that says, looking better. Uh, Sorry, look- says, I says. <laughs> so, someone else says, uh, looking better than Gigi, sister. Yeah. Sister friend. Gigi don't hold a candle to Hannah, supermodel or not. Sorry, truth is truth. Look at this girl. Amazeballs. <laughs> mm-hmm. Hashtag Burning Man. Uh, but Brown and her fans aren't the only ones displeased with Cameron. Uh, Bachelor host Chris Harrison recently said that he was out of the running. For, yeah, we are. Yeah, we yeah, we yeah, talked yeah. about that a couple times. Uh, right. you know, I don't think Hannah B's all that and a bag of chips. <laughs> <laughs> I just don't. I don't think I don't think her, or as we talked about it yesterday, I don't think the Hadids are all that attractive. I, I think she's super fly. Do man. you? Yeah. Mm-hmm. No, I do. Do, think do you she, think she's a fly, honey? I think she's a fly, honey. Pow! 
I'd have to say, yeah. All right, so uh, on to some really weird... Thank you, thank you. Uh, Really weird stuff. Nicolas Cage is opening up about some wild new life stories in a New York Times Magazine profile. Uh, So let's start with his uh, pet king cobras. I got cobras. Yeah, they inspired his ghostwriter Spirit of Vengeance character after they tried to kill him. Uh, When Cage's two pet cobras tried to attack him... They didn't just threaten his life. They inspired his character. As the two snakes prepared to strike, Cage says they swayed from side to side. Oh. A motion that he adopted for Johnny Blaze, who does a similar movement before attacking. Thank you, my snake friends. Uh, <laughs> You've encouraged me in this role. But don't worry. He has since gotten rid of the snakes. He said, after I told that story on Letterman, the neighborhood wasn't too pleased that I had cobras, so I had rehomed them in a zoo. He also claims that when he yelled, you talked... In the movie Rage, I didn't see it. I don't know the scene. Uh, he was trying to create a Stockhausen effect. Oh, a Stockhausen effect. I don't How even know that? what that is. And neither do I. I know the Stockholm Syndrome, yes, but I don't which know which is a, uh, when you're kidnapped. I don't know a Stockhausen effect. So he acknowledged the weird prolonged scream he gave in Rage, but claims the sentence was meant to sound off. Okay. He said, I was sustaining a vocal sound there. Because I was trying to play with Stockhausen and mess up the EQ of my vocal. Ah. Basically changing the, the, the how the sound was coming out of his mouth. Okay. Kind of like throat Now singing. if you excuse me, I'm going to go play with my snakes. All right. Uh, and then he, he says that he actually didn't meet Johnny Depp during a game of Monopoly. That's apparently a rumor. Is that a rumor? Yes. They, in, in reality, they already knew each other. He said he was at the point in his career where he was selling pens or something to get by. Johnny Depp or yep. Cage? Johnny Depp. This is Cage speaking. He yeah. said uh, when he would take my money and buy cocktails, he would take my money and buy cocktails but wouldn't tell me about it. Uh, he admitted it later. Instead, Cage says the duo's Monopoly meeting was instead a uh, chance for him to convince Johnny to get into acting, turning him into the sensation he is today. He said... I said, why don't you just try acting? And he wanted to be a musician at the time, and he told me, no, I can't act. And I said, I think you can act. So I sent him to meet with my agent. She sent him out on his first audition, which was A Nightmare on Elm Street. He got the part that day. Wow. So he had apparently influenced him to get into the world. Nicholas Cage uh, created what, yeah. Johnny Depp. That's what he says. Well, there yeah. you go. <clears throat> I never realized that Johnny Depp was in Platoon until I watched Platoon a couple of weeks ago. I'm yeah. Like, oh, wow. Um, so, I mean, that was, I just sort of assumed that he was always... Some it guy, you know what I mean? Johnny Depp? Yeah. Where, where he really got on the radar and became a heartthrob was 21 Jump Street. Right. Yep. Yep. And I don't know if that was pre-movies or... So that would have been... That came... probably would have been after his appearance in Nightmare on Elm Street. Because if you mm-hmm. see him in Nightmare on Elm Street, he looks like he's 15 years yeah. old. Yeah, exactly. Uh, and then the last little tidbit about uh, Nicolas Cage. John Stamos's Legs Pantyhose commercial inspired one of his lines in Peggy Sue Got Married. Huh. Yeah. Who? John Stamos. Yep, John Stamos. Uh, John Stamos. Adding to his previous admission that he never wanted to make the film, Cage went on to reveal another unexpected inspiration for his character in a conversation discussing good versus bad acting. He said that uh, he's interested in comedic, cringeworthy acting that can be found in commercials. And he cited a John Stamos pantyhose commercial. John Stamos. In it, he said, I love legs pantyhose. <laughs> and the way he went in love, he expressed it with almost a rock and roll screech. And he said, I saw that commercial and I had to put it in Peggy Sue Got Married. Uh, and he said, I was playing Charlie Bodell and I'm with Kathleen Turner. And I said, I'm in love with you. And I told John about this and he took the compliment. 
Man, he is a, a complex guy. What yeah. was your favorite Nicolas Cage movie? Wow. Very good question. Uh, I don't often think about my favorite Nicolas Cage movies. Because <laughs> they're one. so quirky and, 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 like, there's a number of them that I really, really love and enjoy. Yeah. What about Raising Arizona? Raising yeah. Arizona. Yeah. Okay. That's, that's tops of my list. It's so quirky and yeah. so great. And he's, love... he's great in it and he's not overacting in no. that movie. He's, he's just being a good actor in that movie. The Rock? I love yeah. The Rock. Okay. The Rock I, is, I, is, a, is a great action movie and Connery, there's a, there's a good relationship with him uh, in that one. National Treasure. Um, you know yeah. what? You know what I liked him in what? City of Angels. City of Angels is one of my, I'll say, guilty pleasure. I don't know if I need to be guilty, but that if you like, you know, it's a great love. It's story. a great love story. Yeah. Nick, was that a, a screenshot of adaptation? Yeah, man, that's a great that's movie. That's a great movie. It's weird. It and is weird. You got to be in the right mood to watch adaptation. But Meryl Streep's awesome in it. Chris Cooper's great in it, and Nicolas yeah. Cage is really good in it. Nicholas Cage plays two characters in it. Yeah, yep. There is a um, there's another movie that came out recently. I think last year called Mandy. Has anybody watched that one yet? Is it a Nicolas Cage movie? It's a Nicolas Cage movie. I've been meaning to. Um, the only reason I watched it was because uh, Doug Benson really loved it, and yeah. I, uh, all these guys on Doug Loves Moves were talking about it. It's super trippy uh, and like really like I think for the first half hour or so I'm like what the hell is this? You know, it's, you know it's a good movie? Uh, Snake Eyes with yeah. Carlo Cugino where he is a like a like a private detective or an ex-cop. It takes place in Atlantic City yeah. during a hurricane. There's a boxing match and the first shot in that movie is an unbroken shot that goes for about 22 minutes. Wow. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Okay. Um, all right, well, you know, discuss at home. Your discuss at home. Nicholas yeah. Cage movie. This might be something you call up Grandma for. We're going to go, we're going to move on. Hi, Grandma. <laughs> what is this, Nicholas who? <laughs> uh, we're going to move on to Cuba Gooding Jr. His attempt to get the misdemeanor groping charge against him dismissed was denied by a New York judge. Hi, said, Grandma. You said that he failed <laughs> to present required compelling reasons to warrant it in a trial date is set for September 3rd. So wow, it's, okay. It's moving on, yeah. Uh, he's been charged with forcible touching, stemming from an accusation from a woman who said he drunkenly grabbed her breast in a Manhattan bar in June. Uh, he sought to persuade the judge through witness affidavits and blurry video that uh, he committed no crime. His lawyers argued that uh, in the interest of justice, it called for a dismissal of the charge without a trial. Uh, they insisted dismissal would not endanger the safety or welfare of Manhattan because no crime was committed. So they feared that... The- Actually, Manhattan itself was afraid of what might happen. I guess that's how they word this thing. Ladies and gentlemen of Manhattan, you can calm down now. Uh, Judge Phyllis Chu said in an opinion this court disagrees. The conflicting factual allegations between the criminal court information and the defendant's motion should be resolved at trial. So, so we, saw, we saw the video of yeah. this encounter. It is a little blurry. Um, did, you, did, did it look like anything... Not really. Not it from, didn't from not my from angle. Saw, so, but we'll we'll see what the uh, we'll see what the court says. All right, this is uh, this is one of my favorite stories. The headline <laughs> is wonderful, and I don't actually have the headline in front of me, but in in so many words, it basically said, "Woman sues Wayne Newton uh, because his monkey bit her daughter." <laughs> I'm like, I'm in. All Wayne right. Newton's monkey bites a daughter. Yeah. Uh, you so got yourself a story. He's being sued by a Las Vegas woman who claims the veteran crooner's pet monkey bit and injured her daughter during an invite, vi- an invited visit to Newton's showpiece mansion nearly two years ago. Let's come back to my mansion. I'll show you my monkey. Uh, Jocelyn Urena. Hey, <laughs> being daughter. Seeks at least $15,000 in damages on behalf of her daughter, Genevieve, in a civil negligence. Sweetie, don't poke, don't poke the monkey. <laughs> Sweetie, don't poke the monkey. <laughs> Ooh, Donkey Shane. Yeah. 
Genevieve. Then 15 received emergency hospital treatment for a bite to her right wrist from the capuchin monkey. I told you not to poke the monkey. The capuchin monkey named Boo. Uh, her mother's attorney, Mark Naren, said on Thursday, and the lawsuit alleges the monkey attacked the girl without provocation during the tour of Newton's gilded former estate, Casa de Shenandoah. Is this the one that has the train that runs around the perimeter? Probably. Yeah. I, yeah. So, you know, there's no secret that Wayne Newton basically ran Vegas for years. Yep. Naren said the animal was not caged or on a leash and was being shown to tour guests. Uh, the, attorney, the attorney said that he did not know whether members of Newton's family were I present. I would go in the monkey room, everyone. Don't look him directly in the eyes and don't poke him. <laughs> Boo the monkey. Boo the monkey. Uh, Genevieve underwent uh, follow-up medical treatment, counseling, and bears a scar from the bite. There had to be a point in time where um, entertainers routinely considered it a sign of status to own a monkey. I guess Because so. Elvis did. Yeah. Michael Jackson. Yeah, several of them. Uh, it, all musicians, though. You never heard about Marlon Brando's monkey. Uh, Newton's wife said in an email that the family business entity broke ties with Casa de Shenandoah in July of 2017. Which was... <laughs> Are you still here? <laughs> I got on the wrong bus. <laughs> They they broke, uh, uh, the family business broke ties with Casa de Shenandoah in July 2017, which was three months before the lawsuit alleges the girl was injured. So they may not be liable for it. Uh, okay. Uh, Brooke Mueller, Charlie Sheen's ex, got caught on video getting ready to smoke what appears to be crystal meth. Uh-oh! According to Page Six, yeah. She's been in rehab like 50 times. One of her uh, sons that she shares with Sheen was allegedly left alone in a hotel room. Uh, the video footage is from about a year ago, uh, the outlet reports. Reminding, Charlie Sheen says it's all about bad parenting. Reminding readers that uh, just a few weeks ago, she was also found with a suitcase of drugs in the Hamptons. I didn't know that. She's a freaking terrible mother. Um, <laughs> I wonder what his story is now, because he, uh, he was diagnosed with... Uh, with AIDS. HIV, yeah, uh, um, yeah. Uh, I, I, he's apparently it's being kept in check, and everything seems to be good. Uh, the last thing I heard about him is Denise Richards talking about uh, one time. I guess when he was really <clears throat> at the dregs, she invited him over for Thanksgiving dinner, and he actually showed up to have Thanksgiving dinner with the family and with her her boyfriend or husband at the time. And Sheen had a hooker sitting out in the car waiting for them for him to finish the meal. Wow. There's a hooker sitting in a car in a parking lot. That's Charlie Sheen. There you go. Uh, Kristen Ritter, the actress, has her. welcomed her first child with boyfriend Adam uh, Grandusil. Is that how you say the name? Is that the lead singer from War on Drugs? She used to be with that guy. Uh, um, you would have to look that up because I don't know who Adam Grandusil is. He may very well be. Case. Okay. I'm not sure. Uh, but they had a, they had a baby. Uh, the Jessica Jones alum named their baby boy Bruce and gave him two middle names, Julian Knight. I'm going to say this, and I, I'm I'm just saying it because it's a quality assessment. Uh, if you ever get around to watching them, I think you will enjoy them. But the all three seasons of Jessica Jones are sensational. Okay. Uh, and she's really, really good at the role. Uh, to answer your question, yes. Casey, okay, cool. He is the lead singer of uh, War on Drugs, correct? And, uh, and she was great in Breaking Bad. And, oh, yeah. Uh, she's been in a lot of good movies. Um, after beating breast cancer, Julia Louis-Dreyfus was ready to move. In a new interview with Vanity Fair, she said that she was psyched to return to work after completing cancer treatment. She said it was wonderful to go back uh, because, frankly, it was a distraction from the prior year, which had been so harrowing. And she says she's very happy to be alive. So cool. she's, she's doing well. Everything is still alive. Uh, is this the last the last season of Veep? Don't know. Okay. 
Uh, I want to say that sounds familiar, yeah. but I'm not 100% sure on that. It's over. Marissa's in my ear saying that Veep is over. Veep is over. Okay. Yep. Uh, Heidi Klum has been honeymooning in Capri, Italy, with mm. Tom Kulitz after marrying for the second time in front of loved ones. But the America's Got Talent alum, Kulitz, and their wedding party ended up in hot water after swimming in the famous Blue Grotto. Oh, and you can't do that? Oh. And people are not allowed to do that. You're not allowed to swim in it? I guess so. You've been there, right? You know what? And, and I tried for the entire time I was there. I think I was there maybe for like five days. Uh, to go inside the Blue Grotto, but the the water conditions have to be absolutely perfect because you, well, so maybe this is it because you get into like a little uh, like canoe and they kind of canoe you in into the cave, right? And uh, but maybe you can't get out of it. Maybe you have right. to stay in that that little boat well, or whatever it is you go in. And doesn't the tide have to be right because you can hit your so, head? Yeah, yeah. So that's exactly it. So it has to be, I guess, like a lower tide. But when we went, it was low tide, um, but the waves were too high. So even you you don't have enough time to kind of slide in without the wave bumping you up and yes you can like hit your head so what is this is it is it a a large grotto is it Obviously, I think it has to be if you can bring a canoe in, or like fairly large. Uh, I think it's I think it's big once you get in, but the uh, the entrance the entrance? Way oh. is very oh, small. Okay, all right. Uh, well, they slapped her with a fine of about uh, sixty seven hundred dollars. She's facing the death sentence, right? Uh, no, she's mm-hmm. not facing the death sentence. But uh, so you can't do that. But I mean, that's you know sixty seven hundred dollars, whatever. I guess Grab it's, it's worth whore. it to them. So why not? I think it's like so you don't get killed. Yeah, uh, they, <laughs> it's, it's, it's probably very dangerous. Yeah. So they discourage you from doing that by making it illegal. Why are people so dismissive of grotto rules? Yeah, come on, grotto rules, rules grotto man. rules, man. <laughs> uh, Kathy, how beautiful is Capri? Because this is like the second story in a row. Yeah, it's yeah. awesome. And uh, the hotel that that we stayed in when we went, I went years ago. Uh, it was. Absolutely, it was one. It was one of those places where I think we, when we talked about the best place we've ever stayed, I mentioned it. When we walked in, I was like, "What are we doing here? Yeah. Yeah. How did we actually get a room here? Was it super duper expensive, or uh, you know what? We go through a travel agent, so he does like a package. So our package okay. was what we could afford. Rudy? So that was yeah. yeah Rudy, he does so a that, good job. That's what I was saying. Like when we walked in, I'm like, we, "So we we have a room here. We're staying yeah. here." And I remember being in the shower. May I help you, people? <laughs> but it's like set in a in like a mountain. So you look out. When I was showering, I was looking out, and I'm like. I can't believe what I'm actually looking at right now while I'm washing my hair. Like, it was just beyond beautiful. Yeah. yeah. That's cool. I remember when I took a dump in Switzerland. Yeah. <laughs> couldn't, no, it was a tr- You ruined everything. It's kind of how I felt when I was taking a dump in the Grand Canyon. Steve. It just, oh my God. Wow. The most basic of bodily functions set against the backdrop of this amazing vista. Did you poop at all when you were at Capri? No. No. Well, we don't lady. do that don't in Capri. Do that. She saved it for the grotto, Preston. Yeah. <laughs> Just hanging off the edge of the canoe. Crap in the grotto. <laughs> so you guys went poop. I was automatically going like her pressing her boobs up against the shower glass, overlooking this. <laughs> oh, Not so pace. There wasn't yeah. even a shower glass. It was an open window. Stop so it. Hey, Rico, look at the hooters up under the fifth floor. <laughs> Jumped out into the Bay of Naples if I wanted to. Uh, Nipples? Naples? Oh, Naples. All right, uh, Emmy Award-winning Game of Thrones creators David Benioff and D.B. Weiss have landed at Netflix. Uh, for an overall deal to write, produce, and direct new series and films. Now, I have no idea what subject matter it is, but the numbers have not been confirmed, but it is reportedly in the nine-figure range. Oh, well, there you go. They they definitely have a proven track record. Wow. Yeah. I feel like Netflix needs the help. <laughs> I mean, it's weird to say well, that. Well, there was a report, actually. Netflix had, um, they ha- actually had a dip in subscriptions. Uh, it was far under... 
the amount they had predicted. There, you, you know, and I, we talked about this a couple of days ago, Preston. What the number one show on Netflix is? Yeah, you're telling me the Office. Yeah, the Office. The Office. I, uh, I, I. I, Netflix, I'll go on. I, I don't, you know me, I'm, I'm a, I, I surf. I surf yeah. uh, and I'd find something that's already on and I start watching. It's just a way, that's just my TV habit. And so to go in and, and, and look around on Netflix, I spend more time looking for stuff yeah. than I do actually a, watching stuff. Do you know so. what's, a, what's a good, honestly, and I, I got the, uh, the the Fire Cube, and I, I think I gave for our Secret Santa to you, Preston, uh, to, to Nick, right? Yeah, yeah. Uh, and so that sort of lays out for the surfing person, you know, who likes to just jump around and see what's there. I use it to watch MeTV. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> MeTV. It will lay out, you know, like you, you go to Netflix specifically. It's a destination. Yeah. Like, uh, you know, you don't just channel surf. Right. Um, so, uh, and, and, but this allows you, it throws up things like that. So you can sort of, yeah, what's what's going on on Hulu? What's going on on, on the other channels? Okay. It makes it a little easier. Uh, McElhenney is friends with those guys, with Benioff and uh, and, yeah. and uh, that we were talking to him about Star, their product, uh, project with Star Wars. And I mean, these guys are in demand, so I'm sure that they'll find work or whatever it is with, with Netflix. But it, it's... It's interesting to see where all of these things are going because they're going to do that stuff with Star Wars, which is going to be owned by the Disney Plus platform. It's going to be weird to see how it shakes out, Nick. I was talking to you because uh, Disney's new streaming service, they have a – do you have it in there, Preston? I, well, I have their – yeah, so they're gearing up uh, – they're set to launch it in November. So yeah. this is my last story. Oh, okay, yeah, so let, let it rip. I'll segue right into that. And it features classics plus several reimaginings of classics like Home Alone. Night at the Museum, Diary of a Wimpy Kid, and Cheaper by the Dozen. So they're hmm. going to reimagine all of those things, huh? Which I I don't know. I'm wondering. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. Why, why are you going to go to that Disney platform um, if you if you own a lot of those movies? Which I do. You know. So if you have some of these movies, uh, the, the, maybe people will come to the for the reimagining of stuff, and there'll be some live action things like uh, the Mandalorian, which is a Star Wars thing, and. There's going to be all Captain the Marvel, all the, yeah. new, the, 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 the Loki TV series. Yeah. Captain America is going to have a right. spinoff. And, and so I'm just curious as to where it's all going to go because I, I don't know. Plus, they're pairing it with Hulu and ESPN. They have a a, a package that's $12.99 well, right. a month. Yeah. You know what's it's like cable. You yeah. know what's interesting about the, the state of television now, though, is that there was a time when if somebody told me about a show uh, and I wasn't watching it. I felt like I was missing out on something. Yeah. Now people tell me about a show. I don't care. I, it's, likewise, it, it's I don't think that I'm missing out no, on anything because you you probably have nine things that you love that they haven't seen. Exactly. And you can't. There's just no way to consume all of this. Yeah. I was just talking with Nick Murphy, and I was like, Yeah, I was watching last night's episode of uh, Comedians in Cars Getting Coffee. It's not last night's episode. Right. It's what I watched last yeah. night, yeah. Yep. but exactly. it's been out for a month or whatever. Yeah. Why is no one tweeting yeah. about this? Right. <laughs> Do you think this all ends up coming? For Full circle back to cable television. I mean, essentially, because that's what you're know. doing. You buy these packages. I'm actually, I'm, I'm even. I'm thinking burlesque. Yeah, <laughs> it goes all the way back to that. Well, it is an interesting state that we're in right now. So, uh, and it's Friday, and we got to do the movie openings, and I'm, it's already like ten oh. after seven. I gotta, we're I gotta, horrible. I gotta tear through these because we still got the clips to do, and blah blah blah. But I will give you the rundown of what you can expect at the box office this weekend. Movie theater goer. We'll start with this. Uh, Scary Stories to Tell in the Dark opens. It's a horror film. Yeah. Uh, Stars a bunch of people I don't know by looking at their names. Uh, A group of kids try to figure out the reason behind several deaths in their small town. It is rated PG-13, an hour and 48 minutes long, and has got an 83% score on Rotten Tomatoes so far. So this actually, they say, is a good, if if your kids sort of like 
horror and they're flirting with, you know, so like uh, getting into something perhaps a little bit more heavy, transitional. Yeah, the next this level. Is, right. Okay. This is how you get them in there. Without going all Without going the way crazy. Yeah. Okay. Interesting. I like that. Uh, the Kitchen also opens this weekend. It's an action drama. Melissa McCarthy, Elizabeth Moss, Tiffany Haddish. Among others, it's about when uh, three housewives' mobster husbands are sent to prison. It leaves the ladies to take care of business in 1978 New York City. Rated R, it's an hour and 43 minutes long, and so far the score is 16%. Oh, my God! Oh, Oh, Jesus! Uh, Dora and the Lost City of Gold opens this weekend. Uh, it's an adventure comedy. It stars a young lady we've had in the studio who I think is just going to be a star. She's great. Uh, Isabella Moner. And also Eva Longoria, Michael Pena, Danny Trejo. So it's a, it's an all-star cast. Uh, it's about Dora. She goes on a quest to find the mystery behind a lost civilization while also trying to rescue her parents. It's rated PG, hour 42 minutes, and has a score of 86% no on Rotten Tomatoes. Uh, it's interesting as PG. I thought it would be G. Yeah. Uh, to be honest. So Well, there's a lot of sex. Uh, <laughs> also opening this weekend, there's a lot of movies opening. Brian Banks. It's a drama. Stars Aldous Hodge, Greg Kinnear, Sherry Shepard. Uh, and it's the true story of an all-American football star, Brian Banks, whose life was turned upside down when he was convicted of a crime he didn't commit. It's PG-13. Hour and 39 minutes. It's got a 53% score right now. I like that guy, Aldous Hodge. He's a good actor. Good actor, yeah. I like Greg Kinnear. And then the last uh, movie opening this weekend, The Art of Racing in the Rain, uh, directed by Simon Curtis, and it has uh, Milo Ventimiglia, Amanda Seyfried, Gary Cole, and Kevin Costner. It's about Enzo as he tries to navigate his life as a dog but really wants to be reincarnated as a human. Uh, It's PG. It's only one hour long. Are you kidding unless, me? Unless... No, that's a typo. It's got to be a typo, yeah. right? On IMDb, it says an hour 49. All right, that makes more sense. An hour 49. Uh... The shortest story of a talking dog ever. <laughs> it's... Well, he doesn't really talk. You just hear his thoughts. Well, not really his thoughts. Kevin Costner's thoughts. Yeah. And... Go ahead. Sniff her butt. I'm tired of listening to my dog. <laughs> Is it sad or does it get happy at some point? It's sad and happy and happy. My, my wife loves... This is her favorite book. And amongst these kind of... A dog's purpose and so on and so forth. This is considered the creme de la creme. Oh, really? All yep. Right. Uh, Rotten Tomato score at 63%, by the way. All right. Uh, we're doing clips? Yeah, buddy. Right, let's get to it. After his release from prison last year, Free Meek takes an intense look at Meek Mill's probation sentence and the lead up to its release. In this clip, the Philly born rapper explains how the community helped him through his sentence. It's a world of people and a team of people actually uh, working in your in your corner. We all came together as, as one team and sat down and trying to come up with something uh, that's never been done before and really make positive change. Damn right! Uh, Free Meek is now streaming on Amazon Prime Video. Next clip! Dora fans will uh, feel a bit of nostalgia under a cloak of maturity as their favorite explorer enters high school after being homeschooled her whole life. And here, Isabella Monaire discusses her character's endless knowledge of the world. She's exactly the same. Really smart about everything uh, when it comes to the jungle. She's very educated on the animals and the seasons, and she knows a lot about cultures and languages. But um, she always looks at things as if it is something that she's studying. Right. Door to the Lost City of Gold is in theaters nationwide today. She kind of a little girl version of Lara Croft. 
Yeah, uh, yeah kind of. Yeah. She's an adventurer, absolutely. Right. All right, and uh, there you go. That's what I got for you in the entertainment report. A lot of stuff to digest, so why don't we do that? We're going to take a quick break. We will return in a moment. We've got a lot of guests on the show. I'll tell you about that when we return. And a bunch of stuff to give away, too. So we'll uh, unload everything we got to wrap up the week. We'll be back in just a moment. The Preston and Steve Show Podcast, 93.3 WMMR, everything that rocks. Hey, real quick, uh, Nick's got an appearance. Is it tonight, Nick? Yeah, ma'am. All right, where are you going to be? I'm going to be at the General, which I haven't been to before, but heard great things. And The uh, insurance company? Uh, nope. Uh, it's a bar and restaurant. <laughs> oh, oh. Uh, Get the General any time. You know what? Maybe. I don't know. That guy might stop by. Yeah. Yeah. Look, he has that little, little car. It's amazing. Yeah. And he's got his helmet. And Shaquille O'Neal's usually in the back. <laughs> so, um, anyway, I'll be at a Go ahead. I'm bar. We're killing your promotion. Talking to Nod. I'm sure they love it. Um, called the General. Yeah. And it's uh, I'm there from uh, 6 p.m. to 8 p.m. tonight. It's on Street Road in Southampton, and it's with Landshark. Marissa did one of these last week. She said it was a great time, so it's my first one. We're doing a whole series of these throughout the fall. You're going to uh, have a perfect evening. Perfect, perfect. evening. Yeah, and uh, so 6 p.m. to 8 p.m. at the General uh, in uh, Southampton on Street Road tonight. Cool. Excellent. All right, uh, i got to clean up my junk drawer because i got stuff in here, and it's going to get thrown out if I never if I don't get to it this week. So I would like to do that. Let me dig in there. <laughs> That stop quickly. And see what I can find. You knocked the uh, the, the boombox over, Preston. This is interesting. New research published in June showed that there is a distinctive uh, with being pro. There's a, I hear you. Okay. There is a distinctive uh, something with being pro-environment. There's no word here. There's, a distinctive, there's no words on there's it. No I can't words read it. it. I can't. Uh, there's a distinction, I think, is what it is. Well, do it live! Is supposed to say. Thing sucks. There, I can't read it. There's no. There's no words on it. I can't read it. There's no. There's no words on it. I can't read it. There's no. There's no words on it. There is a distinction with being pro environment, and that is. This is really interesting. Okay. The fear that others will question your sexual orientation. What? Some men can be unwilling to perform environmentally friendly tasks, such as using reusable shopping bags. Because they think people will think they're gay. Oh, come Condu- on. Who conducted what? this survey? This is the worst survey ever. Wait. No, 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 no. It's it's a legitimate study. So they think that people... Who conducted who the study? ...might think that about them if they use a reusable bag? Uh, yeah. So this is uh, Janet Swim okay. at uh, Penn State, a psychologist... Okay. Uh, ...who is the leader of the study... Uh, so specific types of pro-environment behavior can align with either masculine or feminine stereotypes, the study said. Engaging in the wrong type of environmentalism can lead people to wonder about your sexual orientation. Now, this is, Kathy, people don't perceive you that way. You think that right. people perceive you got that you, way. Got you. So that's the way so it, it goes. Does it say what, what, what macho, what kind of environmentalism macho guys prefer? Uh, no, oh. I, I don't think so. But anyhow, she says that, uh, they, they also signal something about, is that she said, behaviors don't just help us accomplish something concrete. They also signal something about who we are. Uh, okay. I see where this is going. So okay. she said line drying clothes or keeping tires at proper <laughs> pressures may signal that we care about the environment. But if those green behaviors are gendered, they may signal other thing as well, things as well. 2016 study confirmed environmentalism is widely perceived as a feminine behavior. Hmm. Even today, carrying a nurturing behavior is associated with women, which includes taking steps to sustain the environment. In the journal Sex Roles, Swim and her colleagues describe studies about the impressions made by specific types of green behaviors. 
Um, across the board, all green behaviors were perceived as being more likely to be positive feminine rather than positive masculine traits. And did it say that guys, w- that men might be more reticent to do them because of this perception? On occasion, yeah. Huh. Evidence that most green behaviors are not associated with manliness. Uh, she pointed out if being seen as heterosexual is important to a person. Okay. That person may prioritize gender conforming over gender non conforming pro environmental behaviors in anticipation of how others might see them. Interesting. So, so if it's important to you, right, then you may not do it. I remember, uh, and this is, you know, when, when it, um, being encouraged to um, recycle around here and recycling bins and stuff were put up. I, at first, I was just like, I'm not going to do that. I'm already doing it this way and blah, 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 and this and that. And then I said to myself, wait, that's stupid. It's right there. The, the bin is right there. You either throw it in one or the other. What, are you gay? What, what, yeah, exactly. <laughs> and, hey, it, all, flirting with it all ends up in the same incinerator anyway, as we've since learned. <laughs> I was interested in teabagging. So, yeah, you know. You. So no, here but, I am, this guy's teabagging me, and I'm thinking, am I being overreactive? A follow-up study in the research confirmed these results. Huh. Uh, people who engaged in gender-incompatible green behaviors were, quote, rated as less likely to be heterosexual, the researchers wrote, suggesting that people were questioning uh, targets heterosexual identity rather than declaring them to be gay or lesbian. Oh, this right. is deep. Isn't that yeah. wild? So I, I, you know, paint my toenails. Well, I, I don't. The the lady at the nail salon paints <laughs> which, my Who's your favorite? What's your name again? Uh, well, I don't want to give it away. Oh, because, because I don't everyone want, will go yeah. to where they don't want the he celebrity. He gets upset yeah. when she's busy and people <laughs> are taking up her time. Oh, I hear about it. He gets, he gets very thing. petulant. He starts yeah. huffing. and. No, I don't. But Kathy, did I tell you about the last time I went to get my nails done? I, I opened the door for there, me and a, and a yes, girl were walking. And she took your girl. Yeah, I opened the door. On your girl. I opened the door for her. But she didn't know. And she did she and I didn't know. Why yeah. didn't you tackle her? Yeah. I was I was going right. to and so then what was, was your what was your point you were going to? My make? my point is <laughs> I'm gay. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> you are? <laughs> <laughs> no, um my point is so I've been painting my nails for a long time now since before I got married. Um and I, it 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 still throws people for a loop. And really? Still at this point? Dude, even even last night, guy... You were giving oral to a guy. I was... Yeah, right? And I thought, hey, I'm being very generous I here. see this all the time. In fact, Preston has something which you yeah. might get to at some point that'll make you feel... Uh, yeah. Feel, well, okay. the point is, so... so but it's it's all, it's not in how what you ask, it's how you ask it. So even a guy last night goes, what's with your nails? You know? Oh. And I'm like... I like to paint them. Uh, yeah. I go... I, go, I would have just said what? Well, uh, no, no. I I go. My my feet look really good. So what do you want? Like, I listen. I've seen men's feet. Uh, they're usually pretty freaking nasty. So mine actually look pretty good. So I don't care. All right. All right. So here's a text that says, I agree. My husband refuses to recycle or carry reusable shopping bags. Wow. Because it's right. an uh, um, they don't say insult it, to his masculinity. Or is it, is it more what I think there might be another overriding principle here? We tend to be lazy. Well, that's part of it. Yeah, that yeah, may yeah. be that yeah. may be for some it, it, people. So, yeah, yeah. But, but it just says for for some who perceive. Yeah, who, I can who see may that. Perceive that, and they think they're throwing up a uh, a flag of some sort that says, uh, you know, I, they don't want to be perceived that way. But like Lacey's a cop out. Like like you said, the, the the recycling bin is right there. My wife brings the recyclable bags uh, to uh, any time we go grocery shopping. I keep them in the car. I, I need to start doing that. I think it's a great... We did it. We even took them on vacation. And yeah. while we were on vacation, the people were like, wow, we really appreciate that because uh, they're kind of environmentally conscious in, in Hawaii. And, sure. and uh, they were commenting on that. So. It's a bunch of gay people in Hawaii. Right, exactly. But uh, no, according to this study, they, they say that uh, 
that that maybe and somebody was saying what's the point of these studies well maybe so we can get the word out there and maybe you don't have to worry about that anymore if yes. you realize it it's it's kind of a silly notion but you know if you're aware of it maybe you might well, go... for me like I when I go shopping I try to I try to be I bring a bag that I made out of oil covered dead seagulls mm. and that's how I that's go good. shopping that's yeah, good. Good. all right let me find out what else is in the junk drawer <laughs> San Francisco will soon offer three 24-hour public toilet facilities with attendance in response to concerns about people having to relieve themselves on city streets and sidewalks. Is this too little too late, do you think? Uh, we saw that map of all the crap zones around San Francisco. Well, they got to start somewhere. they got to clean it up. It uh, all begins with a turd. The city already has 25 pit stop public restrooms located <sighs> across 13 neighborhoods as part of the program that began about five years ago, but none of the restrooms are open overnight. So they're going to leave some of these open overnight. Well, that would seem. Yes, you would seem it would be an obviously. Uh, but then again, also what you have is, and I'm sure they have the fears that they start becoming areas for people to go in and shoot up and all that stuff and other right. nefarious things to take place in. Well, they're going to have attendance at these. So. I think what they should do is have closed circuit cameras so that everyone can sort of watch online and and you, make sure nothing bad is going sure. on in there. Under a new pilot initiative, the city will keep toilets in the Tenderloin, South of Market, and Castro neighborhoods open 24 hours a day beginning Monday through the end of November. The pooping's never been better, Preston. Uh, the program is expected to cost about $300,000. Uh, Supervisor Matt Haney said in a statement that the number one reason that people call the city's 311 phone line is to report feces in public places. God, that's no way to live. And that these complaints are concentrated in and around the Tenderloin and South of Market, which are both part of his district. Uh, you know what Casey had said, and you had brought up the point a while ago, and I was not aware of this, uh, that uh, when people are obviously addicted to opioids or various drugs, there's there becomes no real bowel control. Uh, well, actually, they're... they're uh it's they yeah, become constipated. constipated. They can't go. They, yeah. When they Fail. go, though, don't they? That was and, and other people were were validating what was. I remember talking about it on the show that they they'll just go when they need to go, and maybe it's a result of being constipated, and you don't want to. They often end up in the hospital because of it. Jeez. Yeah. Uh, so. The report, it was reported earlier this year, San Francisco has been grappling with how to deal with problematic amounts of human feces on its streets, an issue tied to the city's sizable homeless Hey, at population. least we have rice rooney <laughs> Yeah, you still got that. Uh, Haney, who was elected last year, has been pushing for a 10-point plan focused on street cleanliness. Yeah. And part of it calls for expanding public restroom access. Uh, hey, the listen, 10 I... points of poo-poo, doo-doo, caca, <laughs> feces. Yeah. <laughs> Thrown all over the walls. And duty. And duty. <laughs> I'm all for this, but at a certain point, you also have to stop crapping in the street. You have to. You 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 really have to be responsible for yourself. It, you know, like listen, I, I gave there was a homeless woman last night. I was I had an uh, event at the Franklin. Yeah, uh, Franklin Institute now. Uh, and I was uh, I went to the fountains afterwards with my kids. There was a woman who was going through the trash. Yes, I, I had I had like cookies in a bag that I had gotten at the thing. So I gave. I go hang. Hang on a second. I said, do you, want, do you want some cookies? She said, yeah. So I gave her a cookie. She sat down on the bench. She opened up the cookie and just there was a trash can five feet away from her. She just threw the trash on the ground. Like at a certain point, like I understand. But, you know, also respect the area as well. You know what I mean? Don't... I regret giving you those cookies. No, I, I don't. I don't. But it was like 
It kind of like pissed me off a little bit. I Did she like, look at you and go, how Dude, long have you been I, painting your nails? No, I, I picked up the trash and I threw it away. I didn't say anything to her. But, I am. Yeah. This is a woman yeah. who was just rooting around in a trash I, can. Yeah. So garbage is kind of second nature to her maybe. You know yeah. what I mean? But I understand what you're saying. But she's also, uh, you know, we, we see it here in the building as well. People, what they do to the uh, to the bathrooms. So Yeah. Okay. All right. Let me find out what else we got in here. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> You likely know somebody who is perpetually 39 years old, and it turns out that it that's not just denial. It's actually helping that person feel younger. Uh, University of Virginia researchers found that once we pass age 25, we start to think of ourselves as younger than we actually are. Uh, Medical Express reports that this discrepancy grows as we get older, but that's not necessarily a bad thing. They note uh, that it turns out this phenomenon about lying about your age yeah. or, or lying to yourself about your age may have rather important implications. People with a younger subjective age are less likely to suffer from diabetes, hypertension, depression, cognitive impairment, and dementia. Through, like, sheer force of will? Yeah. If you, know you believe you're younger? younger than you actually are. Public defecation. Public defecation they just say it keeps, keeps you, young. you young at heart. Yeah. Ah, there's nothing ah, like crap outside. Ah, man, this is great. The sun's <laughs> rising over the harbor, taking a dump in the middle of the street. I feel like I'm 50. Ah, oh, the Golden Gates. The Golden Gates. Yeah. Where the streets are paved with poop. I have I have no idea how old I am anymore. I I literally have check to, your license. I have to think of the year that I was born and do the math because I just don't pay attention. It used to be such a thing where like I can't wait to be eighteen. I can't wait to be twenty one. Oh, yeah. uh, maybe when I turn twenty five, I can rent a car. But now I just there are no milestones. No, that I know mean what you're anything saying. To me anymore. I guess yeah. You're going to be able to save a lot of money when you turn sixty five. All right. So uh, uh, counting down the days. <laughs> when you, when, you st- when when. Like mail from local uh, cemeteries is no longer uh, addressed to occupant. Right. That's when you know you've crossed yeah, the border. You don't, you don't, you don't look forward uh, yeah, to it anymore because you're, you're, you're on your way to death. Your proper name is on it now. Uh, I d- I've always known people throughout my life, though, who seem to embrace or just acted older and acted like, you know, they just seem to want to act older and like, ah, you know, and like people in their 30s or whatever or mm. Uh, you know, they just had, they just put on this older person kind of vibe, but I never got that. Uh, I remember I, in college seeing guys doing the thing. You see it in Animal House, you know, the smoking a pipe with the patches on there. What? <laughs> Dude, I had a realization this morning. Okay, so I'm 51 years old. Yeah. And uh, uh, today, I believe, is the anniversary of the death of uh, Jerry Garcia. Um, he was 53 when he died. Mm. Yeah. And I, I, I it never dawned on me that he Where was... Where were you that He night? was only 53. I know. ...when he died. Because Jerry Garcia, to me, has always been an old man. Right. You know what I mean? Right, Absolutely. Right. You yes. never lose that. My, my father's yeah. my father's in his <laughs> 90s, and when he drive and when he drives... I'm saying drives around, he'll, he'll, he'll be behind people who are 30, 40 years younger. Look at this old bastard. Yeah. Look at this old man. <laughs> yeah, my mom used to... When she moved to Florida, she would call the old people driving around corpses. <laughs> <laughs> And she's now in her 80s, yeah, yeah. and uh, it, she doesn't it, drive anymore. It's really the way you uh, you are as young as you feel actually has validity. But as this years, Jerry Garcia thing, I, I, I've I always perceived him as so an true. old man. Now, he looked a lot older with the gray and, and you know, the fuzzy appearance. But and I the mean, music you don't like. And the music you don't care for. But I was just like, wow. He wasn't old. He wasn't old. When he was the, a young man, actually. The shift started for me when I started being older than professional athletes and having to acknowledge that. Because mm-hmm. I would always look at professional athletes as as men, and uh, I'm not that. 
And and then when I started getting older than them, and I'm like, oh wait, uh, and now I'm older than the guys who are the oldest in the league. Like, uh, you know, in the NHL, there's a couple of 42 and 43 year olds, and I'm like, yeah. well, thank God. I think there's one NFL player that's older than us. Really? Yeah, I think it's Adam Vinatieri. And he's dead. Yeah, Adam Vinatieri. Okay. How old is he? Case? I think he's 45, 46. Huh. Giving like me that. hope. Yeah. God yeah. bless. Yager uh, made me feel okay about myself. <laughs> so uh, You have no hope, Nick. <laughs> another study found those who thought they were younger than their actual age had a lower death rate than those who felt uh, their own age or older. So I believe you should that be young at heart. There's a lot to this. You you can yeah. will yourself. You can you can it's what motivates you to 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 do things that are positive in your life. And if you if it, if it sort of serves the purpose of a mantra yeah. where you're saying I'm perpetually 39 and that works for you, yep. then it's likely you'll probably follow with other things that'll enhance your life. I think it's easier to maybe keep yourself a little more healthy if, yeah, if yeah. you do believe that. And how many and, people have you seen it being loaded in and out of their house in a flatbed truck going I'm 39? <laughs> right, exactly. All right, what else? Uh, let's see. I have some other. Junk drawer items. Let's go with this eight. Okay. Come on, man. Stop it. A South Korean man has become the seventh climber this year to fall to their death on the Matterhorn Peak in Switzerland as guides continue to call on officials to close the mountain for being too dangerous. I I actually climbed the Matterhorn, Preston. You did? Climbed a path that was within sight of the. Yeah, Matterhorn. you did. Yeah, I know you've been to the uh, Matterhorn. Uh, and when we were there, everyone would would tell us we'd ask about the mountain. It is actually a very deadly mountain. It's a gorgeous mountain. It's obviously, it's just gorgeous. But it is. A, um, I think a lot of people sort of well, it's you know, it's the ride at Disneyland. You know, right, it's, yeah, it's, right, right. it's so simple, yeah. but it kills a lot of people. It was seven years ago today that I made it to the summit of Kilimanjaro. Wow. Yeah. Congratulations. But you thought you were on the Matterhorn. No. Yeah. The unidentified I... climber has been ascending, had been ascending the mountain with a fellow South Korean on Tuesday when he decided to turn, turn around and head back uh, toward the base. And when he reached a height of around 12,140 feet during his descent, he fell 656 feet to his death. So I've been watching this series about uh, Everest. It was, was on a couple of years ago. I, Nick, I was telling you about it. Uh, beyond the, whatever the hell it is, Everest Beyond those something or other but um this is an inc- the, it ha- and i told you preston i have if you ever want to be dissuaded from mountain climbing this series will do it for you in a heartbeat yeah. every aspect of it from the for hitting the first summit it starts to accelerate your dying yeah. uh and then they they all say the same thing everyone says the deadliest part of the climb by far is the descent the coming down is the deadlier part of the climb. Okay. Yeah. 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 And this guy, Preston, on the Matterhorn, he fell 656 feet. I mean, just to be able to do that means that there are cliffs that are that big that yeah. you can fall down and, and that can kill you. Casey, how high was that cliff that you were on recently? Uh, it was like uh, 12 to 1,400 feet off of the... That valley floor. That was Angel's Landing? That was Angel's Landing. Yeah. And there was... Um... They should put mattresses <laughs> at the bottom of that just for safety. Yeah. Uh, but people, you know, and the thing is... I didn't, you know, nobody fell that day, uh, as far as I know, but people have fallen. You know, How does the coyote survive those? I, you know what? No. I don't know. They always land on... <laughs> he usually has a tiny umbrella or something yeah. like that. Yeah. Oh, that's when a boulder's, oh, it's when a boulder's yeah, yeah, yeah. falling on him. Yeah, you have to right. know the physics of <laughs> mountain climbing, Preston. I think three people have died in Yosemite over the last uh, two or three weeks because wow. um, they scramble up near waterfalls, which, uh, surprise, surprise, makes the rock slippery. Yeah. And so they, they yeah. go over these boulders thinking, they, they almost think that it's a ride. You know, I think, Steve, like, you, you know, you joke about it, the Matterhorn. 
but I think people go in with the mentality. It's like, yeah, it's a waterfall. You know, it's safe just because I'm here. It's yeah. it's so beautiful. It was one of my bucket list things to us to see the, the Matterhorn. You know? uh-huh. uh, uh-huh. And, and and when you're there and you just turn around and there's this glorious thing. But there was we were there and there was a blizzard, a storm raging across the top of Preston, and you could tell. There's, oh, yeah. You, there's no money on earth that would get you to want to be on that. By the way, this climber's death comes nearly two weeks after uh, two men, one of them a mountain guide, were hit by a falling rock in the upper reaches of the mountain and fell. In June, a 24-year-old British climber fell to his death after a chunk of rock came loose during his descent. Swiss guides have told local media that the uh, highest and most famous peak in the Alps has become too unstable and therefore too dangerous for tourists to climb, but Swiss officials have told local news outlets that there are currently no plans to mm. close the mountain to climbers. So You have no desire, right? This is something nah. that would never... Mountain climbing is nothing that really interests me. I, I appreciate it. It's yeah. really, really cool. Oh, it's, it's fascinating to watch, but with all due respect, it's it's the dumbest thing on earth. I'm going I... the other direction. I'm going to get yeah. more into scuba diving. There I'm, you go. I'm, I'm going, going down. down. Yes. Yeah. And uh, I'm going to... In fact, there's a, a company in New Jersey I'm going to I'm gonna try to get out. And, really? Yeah. There's Apparently, there are loads loads of shipwrecks off the coast of New Jersey. And I was speaking lives and he says, and unlike other locations, uh, they're not regulated. They're not protected. He said, I go diving with a crowbar and a sledgehammer. And he says, and I come back with, with portholes and, 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 uh, China and you know all kinds of stuff that he scavenges. What does he say the visibility the is like though? It's uh it can be, you know, you can have uh it's it's not great. It's going to be like 30 20 30 feet something like that maybe. Oh, Wasn't Croce doing that here for a while? Boo? No, not Pat off Croce. New Jersey. He was doing I think that. He was. Okay, maybe. I mean I think he he did all of the like shipwrecks and the pirate stuff and all of that in Florida and all over the place, but I think he was doing stuff in Jersey for a little while. Okay. Maybe. I don't know. All right, well, can you get me a porthole when you go? Yeah, I'll try yeah, and get yeah. your porthole if I can. <laughs> uh, let's see. One more joke. Uh, you know what? I'm going to mention this. This is this is not really from my, my junk drawer, but uh, my son's birthday was yesterday. Oh, yeah. We asked him where he wanted to go to dinner, and uh, he found this place we wanted to go to. And I bring it up because, Kathy, you got to take Jace there. Okay. Uh, it's this place called the Pop Inn, and it's in Chalfont, and it's all pop culture related stuff it's loaded with comic book stuff oh uh, really all it's a restaurant? restaurant it's a restaurant it's like yeah. a comic book version of like the hard rock cafe exactly okay and, and that's it, where you went last night and, and that's where parker wanted to go yeah oh. so we went there and and uh and the guy brent who owns it is a big fan he was excited that i came in and and uh brought the family there and what's the food like uh, it was really good uh. it was good i had uh what did i have i had uh pork belly tacos yeah. yeah, didn't they have like comic book names and stuff? They, they did. Pop, oh. okay, okay. Yeah, yeah. They all. In fact, the uh, uh, here you go. Yeah, please. The Robo Cobb salad. Robo Cobb salad. Like there that. you go. How what, about that? What was the pork belly taco name? It was. Uh, it was tacos with pork belly. No, it was. Uh, it was. Uh, <laughs> was it called like you know porky tacos? Or something? It was called Peppa. Peppa. Okay. Like, like Peppa, Peppa Pig. Pig. Uh-huh. Um, How did he find out about this place? Uh, he he got. Uh, Kathy's, at, Kathy's getting worried that her activities thing is uh <laughs> No, at the graduation, at uh, high school graduation, there was an ad or something that he saw oh, for it. And, okay. And no, the, the na- reason I ask is because it's not like a big, uh, hu- like it kind of just looks like a little corner restaurant. It's right. a joint. Yeah, yeah. It's, a, it's a bar, and they do uh, uh, they do trivia nights and stuff like that, and it was a lot of fun. And I immediately thought of Jace, and Steve, I thought of you because yeah. it's loaded with memorabilia. Oh, I'd love to see it. That, yeah. Uh, that you'd get a kick out of. Cool. Kathy, is your birth- uh, birthday the 25th or the 21st? Uh, 25th. Uh, Marissa's the 21st. All right, because on the 25th, 
They have Disney Day at oh, the yeah. Pop In, so you maybe you could celebrate your birthday there. I'm not celebrating my birthday this year. You no? Not. She's 39. You know, her plan is to climb the Matterhorn. Are you turning 40? <laughs> no, I'm already 40. Okay, I've forgotten I how pretend- old everybody I is. Told Eric- it depends on which direction the turn is. <laughs> yeah, Eric in our promotions department turned 40 yesterday. And, yeah. and the, you know, we had to write uh, a, a yeah. note to him. We it actually we- wasn't his birthday. No, his birthday is Monday. Monday. Yeah. Well, whatever, we yeah. celebrated <laughs> yesterday. And I told him, just pretend that you're not 40. That's what I do. Okay. <laughs> Just pretend. Right. It sucks less. But anyway, I just thought, I thought I'd mention that. They were so nice. And, oh, that's cool. Uh, it was a place yeah. that you guys would like, so I thought I'd uh, give it a little mention. All right, and that's it for the junk drawer for now. Uh-huh. Uh, it's I know. It's, ah! already, it's already 7.50, so we got to take a break. But Case, I should give something away. Yes. What would you like me to give away? Uh, these things. Uh... Pennsylvania Renaissance Fair with Marissa Magnata. Uh, Saturday, next Saturday, the 17th. Uh, you can go. And... Are you going? I, I don't know if I'm going to make it that uh, weekend right. or not, but I am going to go at some point this season. But um, I'll take college 10 and 11. Here's the deal. You get transportation that day on a bus from here, here from WMMR, and Marissa's going to be at the PA Ren Fair. Uh, 215-263-WMMR. I already forgot what number callers I just said. So, uh, Anybody catch that? No. 10 and 11. Thank oh, you. Yeah. Thank you. Callers 10 and 11. Jesus, we're pathetic. We're going to put you on the list. So 215-263-WMMR. We're going to take a break. We'll return in a moment. And uh, we will get to the B-File when we return. Best burger in all of Philadelphia. Taste for yourself at this year's Burger Brawl in a brand new spot. Round one. Break. Join 93.3 WMMR at the Navy Yard Sunday, September 15th and enjoy unlimited bites of burgers from the city's top restaurants. Proceeds benefit the fund for the School District of Philadelphia, a nonprofit supporting school literacy programs through technology. Tickets on sale now. Get complete details and all the ingredients for a great day at WMMR.com. Burger Brawl 2019. Let's go a few rounds. 93.3 WMMR. Everything that rocks. Kathy, when's the expressway shutting down this weekend? Uh, so 9 to 11, they're going to reduce it to one lane eastbound between 30th Street and South Street. And then uh, at 11 p.m., they're going to shut it down. It will remain closed until 5 a.m. Monday. Wow. Yeah. The whole weekend. The whole entire weekend. Man. Okay. Keep that in mind. Disaster. I guess, I guess you'll have to get off at 30th Street if you got to get right in there. Yeah, so what they're saying to do is there, there'll be detours um, if you do end up, if you forget and you, you know you end up there, you, yeah, you'll have to exit. You'll go around 30th Street and you can get back on. Okay. Um, but honestly, really, if, yeah. you, if I can give you any bit of advice, just don't get on the Schuylkill this weekend. Yeah. Yeah. Or go, uh, go down, cross over the Ben Franklin, go over to Jersey, come back on the Walt Women. Right. Oh. Yeah. Seriously. Yeah, there you go. Right? <laughs> Smartest idea yet. <laughs> yeah. Bypass it. Yeah, because there's going to be residual effects all over the place from no, that. And uh, people oh. forget. You know, how many times have you ever you've been you've been told about things are going to oh, yeah. be closed down and, and there you, you find yourself yep. say, Oh my God, I totally forgot. That's yep. the problem. And so there, remember. There's something happening on mass transit. I'll see if I can find it this weekend as well. So they're saying like that's gonna be messy. Uh I'm not really sure about uh Kelly Drive or, or Martin Luther King Drive if there are events taking place, but those could be closed as well. So uh, yeah, just don't go near the school. And, and it's a beautiful weather weekend, so it people is. are going to get out and about. Out. Remember this. Yes. Don't go on the Schuylkill Expressway. Okay. Uh, bizarre file time. Here we go. Now, bizarre. WMMR presents bizarre. Kristen and Steve's Bizarre, bizarre File. 
And it is brought to you by Robbins Diamonds in tax-free Delaware with thousands of rings and self-serve cases and absolutely no sales tax versus the 8% tax in Philly. Robbins, Delaware, Diamonds. Let's begin in, in Iowa. Marissa King owns Maven Salon Studios. Kathy, I can't wait to hear your okay. reaction to this. Uh-oh. After years of cutting hair, she finally opened her own place in 2018, but things have taken a strange and objectively gross turn. She said, this is by far one of the most bizarre things I've ever experienced. Never did I think with opening a business that I would have something quite like this to deal with. King says that since June, she's been dealing with what she calls the parking lot puker. A man driving up to her business, vomiting in the parking lot, and then leaving. Like, regularly. Yeah. She said it was starting to get excessive multiple days in a row. This is typically right in front of the business where he likes to pull in, park, and you can see there's a couple of spots right here and over there. Basically, he started to come around to where our clients enter and exit the vehicles, and they were starting to take notice as well. A lot of them actually thought that someone had dropped a pizza in the parking lot. Oh, my God. That's how much puke it is. Yeah. King says after about the fifth time, they decided to put up a camera to catch the barfing bandit in the act. And one morning, they hit pay dirt. She said, uh, there's vomit in the parking lot. Check the cameras. So I went on, and I started scrolling through, and I could see the vehicle come in from the south side of the parking lot, sit in the car for five or so minutes, clearly vomit for a few minutes. And she says the situation is ridiculous, but she worries that the nighttime exploits of the unidentified upchucker threatens her business's reputation. Is this some sort of, like, uh, kinky thing? Police say the man could be charged with criminal mischief or trespassing should King wish to press charges, but she said that she just wants it to stop. So it's happening after business hours? Yeah, it's at night. She oh, had to check right. the security cameras. Okay. So she said, I sympathize if he has any sort of medical condition or anything like that. I don't Have it to, somewhere else. I don't want to get him in trouble, but I have to look up for my business and our customers, and I just think it needs to stop. He's picking one particular spot, and yeah. that has to mean that that's the whole key here. Why that one spot? Don't know. Remember that lady that kept stopping and pooping on somebody's <laughs> yard, the jogger? Yeah. <laughs> now, she had a Same reason. spot every time. She had time. a good reason. <laughs> yeah. All right, listen to this one. A handcuffed woman snorted drugs hidden in her nanny hoo-hoo while she was sitting in the backseat of a police car. The incident began when officers responded to a report of an intoxicated couple who were about to drive a car. Police arrived and found 28-year-old Catherine Allers. Ma'am, stop snorting your vagina. And her boyfriend outside of their vehicle. The police report said that uh, Allers was trying to get her 17-month-old son out of his car seat at the time, but she wasn't steady on her feet. She told police that she, in a slurred voice, that she and her boyfriend had gotten lost. Uh, Police said the child's car seat was improperly installed in the vehicle and that his diaper was soaked with urine. Uh, Officers also discovered she had no food with her for the baby. Well, police determined that she couldn't properly care for her son because uh, she was manifestly under the influence and a danger to herself and others. So she was arrested about 2 a.m., placed in the back of the police car. Police said the woman found a way to pull a plastic bag of a powdery white substance out of herself despite being handcuffed. That's pretty limber. Yeah. When officers saw her snorting the powder off of the car seat, oh my she tried to hide the drugs back into her area again. I saw you. After officers <laughs> warned her that if she was caught at the jail with whatever was in the bag, she would be facing additional charges, she admitted to having the drugs. Why are you holding a spoon and a cigarette lighter in front of your vagina? Allers was uh, charged with endangering the welfare of a minor, public intoxication, tampering with physical evidence, and possession of a controlled substance. Imagine well. you're to that point. Imagine. Yeah. Yeah. That's how low you've got, And you Something. have a kid. Something got you there. 
All right. Speaking of low, speaking of an idiot, the uh, attorney for a 39-year-old man charged with assaulting a child who didn't take his hat off for the national anthem says his client, compromised by a traumatic brain injury, believes that he was acting on an order from Donald Trump. Hmm. Kurt Brockway was charged Monday with felony assault on a minor. His defense attorney, Lance Jasper, uh, said the president's rhetoric contributed to the U.S. Army veteran's disposition when he choke-slammed a 13-year-old fracturing his skull at the Mineral County Fairgrounds on August 3rd. He said his commander-in-chief is telling people that if they kneel, they should be fired, or if they burn a flag, they should be punished. He certainly didn't understand that it was a crime. A request to the White House for comment was not returned. Jasper said that he's gotten a handful of hateful hate, uh, hateful voicemails at his office since taking Brockway's case, but that Brockway's family has received hundreds of death threats in the days since the 13-year-old boy was flown to Spokane by emergency flight for treatment. Uh, the boy's back home. is being released from the hospital. No word on his official uh, condition, though. Brockway was apprehended at the Superior Fairgrounds after several people saw the alleged assault. He told the deputy that the national anthem was playing before the rodeo got underway, and he noticed a young teenager still wearing his hat. Brockway told the deputy he asked the youth to remove his hat because it was disrespectful, to which the youth responded by saying, F you. Brockway told the deputy he grabbed the boy by the throat, lifted him in the air, and slammed him on the ground. What an idiot. Uh, Taylor Hennick, who was at the fair said that Brockway defended his action as people closed in on him by saying that the boy had been disrespectful. Deputies later learned the boy had suffered a concussion and fractured skull. Mm. Uh, Jasper said that he'll seek a mental health evaluation for his client before determining how to proceed further in the defense. Uh, he had sustained a traumatic brain injury in a vehicle crash in the winter of 2000. Mm. So we'll end up. So we'll see what ends up happening with that. A lioness has eaten her own two cubs whole just three days after giving birth to them at a German zoo. Oh. Yeah. This, Five, is, this is depressing. Yeah. Five-year-old Kigali gave birth to the pair who had not yet been named at uh, Leipzig Zoo on Friday last week. Keeper said that uh, she had been behaving normally up until Monday night when she suddenly swallowed the pair whole while grooming them. Uh, but because both of the infants were swallowed whole, an autopsy to establish whether this was the case will not be possible. Another possible explanation is that uh, Kigali, who had never given birth to cubs before, simply did not know what to do with them. So she ate them. A spokesperson, was that on a long list of options? I don't know. A spokesperson added that it happens in the animal kingdom again and again that mothers kill their kittens, especially for first-time mothers. So it's kind of a... It happens. There's no lion version of what to do when you're expecting? No. Uh, yeah, what to expect when you're expecting? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. No. All right, we'll do something lighter, if you guys want. A, yeah, please. A dairy farmer's unique marriage proposal has made him the laughing stock of the Internet. Uh, and evidently eager to milk his herd for all they're worth, the anonymous agriculturalist decided to pop the question to his other half by placing the engagement ring on the cow's teat. Oh, my God. And there's a picture it's of so it. so hot. It's bizarre. <laughs> uh, it wasn't long before the people of Facebook were taking stock of the situation with an image from the engagement which sparked uh, some major online beef. Ah. Uh, one critic wrote, this is utterly terrible. Yes. Uh, sorry that it had to, I had to go for it, but it's this is gross. The ring is a mess of clusters and the band is too thick. <laughs> they didn't like the ring. He went to Jared. Like the person uh, thought, how can I make this ring bigger without spending any more money? Another one said he probably just shoved it on the poor cow's udder. It may be a tight fit, and the poor thing may be in some pain. Meanwhile, a third user blasted the farmer, calling the proposal effing gross. 
right? Yeah, I'm siding with that. It's, it's really goofy looking. So, all right, and there you go. That's what I have for you in the Bizarre File this morning. We're going to take a break, but now before I give away some beverages, I have a case of Yards Philly Pale Ale, and it's uh, hoppy and citrusy and refreshing. Summer's best beer. Caller number 20 at 215-263-WMMR. You get the case, and you can find Philly Pale Ale in bottles and cans every, uh, wherever yard beers, Yards beers are sold, including HOB Tavern in Bordentown. So give us a call right now, and we'll see if you can win that. We'll be back in just a moment. Love Preston and Steve and WMMR? Check out WMMR.com for more of everything that rocks. Diamond jewelry doesn't have to be expensive. Have fun buying jewelry for someone you love and don't hate the price you pay. Feel the difference online at IHateStevenSinger.com with free shipping. Buy real diamonds from a real jeweler. Steven Singer Jewelers. That's IHateStevenSinger.com. Back with more of the Preston and Steve Show podcast. Uh, In a little while, around 9 o'clock, we are going to have by uh, this film, Blinded by the Light, which is coming out in theaters uh, August 16th. Uh, we're going to have the writer, director, and two stars of the movie, and it's a, it's a Bruce Springsteen-themed uh, film. It's not a story of Bruce or anything like that. It's a guy who is basically saved yeah, by we the have, music. We have the guy who, who, is this, who actually wrote the story. It is his life and the person portraying him from the movie. Yeah. But what I really like, Preston, is that it speaks to how music affects you and can... We talked about music that inspires you or changes yeah. you or changes your mood or encourages you to do things. Here is a perfect example, and I love the way it appears to be depicted in the film with the lyrics yeah. jumping out at him love and making a difference. So they're coming in here a little bit, looking forward to talking to those guys. Uh, I saw this interesting uh, Reddit thread uh, that came out, and I wanted to see if anybody I could... hate Reddit, but I, li- I like these threads. Yeah, I, I would listen. It's nothing I ever go on and yeah, read, yeah. but uh, a, a service that we get kind of highlights some ones that are interesting. There's some yeah. good stuff and now there, and then, there, yeah. There are some good things. So there was a Reddit thread that is, what is the worst thing that someone has bragged to you about? Uh, and I would include what is the stupidest thing that someone has bragged to you about as well. And there's some pretty good answers in here, and I'd, I'd like to hear if anybody mm. has some they'd like to share with us this morning. 215-263-WMMR. So here are a couple of, ex- yeah, of examples. Here's one uh, that said uh, that they were bragged to by a person who got second place for Homecoming King back in high school. He was Ooh. 34 years old at the time, and apparently that's something that he's still bragging second about. Second place. Second place hey, for man. Homecoming King. Second man. place. Not even lying. Uh, yeah. <laughs> no All those way. years he didn't even win. Uh, exactly. <laughs> Fifteen uh, years ago. Here's another one. Uh, this girl at a party was bragging that she was a fantastic drunk driver. <laughs> oh no! Oh dear! And she was that. able to drive when she was drunk. She could make it home when seeing double. Wow, is that good? Well, wow. what does does the crowd applaud at that time? Do they? Do they? You're a moron. You're yeah, awesome. No, that's when everyone yeah. just looks at each other like, "What yeah, an exactly. idiot!" Yep. All right. So here's one uh, who had uh, cheating on their partner. Uh, they, this person was bragging about cheating on their partner, but said the worst part is they weren't. They just lied about it to impress everyone. <gasps> really? Oh, How stupid! Mm, I don't uh, yeah, I had somebody do that. Bragged about cheating, cheating? On, yeah, cheating on his wife, and and everybody was kind of like, was he legitimately cheating? Is this dude? Yeah, probably. I, mean, oh I don't know. I wasn't in the bedroom, but yeah, uh, I would assume so. He, this idiot, also brags about other things like um, staying out until like six o'clock in the morning. Yeah, and we're I like, you're married with two kids. There's 
There's wow. A Impressive. guy that uh, that uh, I lived in my neighborhood, and I saw him at the, the local place, and it was, I guess he has some legendary Christmas party or something like that, and he was just going on and on and on about his ability to drink the younger ones under the table. And this guy's probably in his 60s. Yeah. <laughs> and he's just going so all night, and yep, and we killed that keg, and I was still standing, and everybody else is passed out, and I'm like, well. This morning when I woke up, I pissed blood. Man, oh, man. Good for you, buddy. Must be yeah, really that, proud. That's dumb. Okay. Here's another one. It says, not a friend of mine, but a friend of a friend. He bragged <laughs> that he shoplifted about half of his oh. groceries each week. Oh, my God. Uh, he had a <gasps> list of groceries, and he'd work his list when he would go there. Quote, unquote, work his list. So bragging about being a, uh, a, a criminal. Thief. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. Guess what I do? I rob my local grocer. Uh, here's another one that says the, the... Do when it comes to being a pedophile, state of the art. Worst thing that, uh, they heard somebody brag about was hallucinating because he stayed up for three days and nights only consuming monster energy drinks. <laughs> so bragging about this. So is there, so sometimes there, there, is there a line between you're not going to believe this and you say it with a chuckle, a chuckle or a smile. And so these people are, are the intent boasting. is to boast it. Yeah, yeah. Hang on, let me, this is messed up. I'm going to go to Joe. Hey, Joe, good morning. Gadzooks. Gadzooks, what's up, Joe? All right, so a few years ago, I went out to Vegas to play at a men's league hockey tournament. We needed one more fill-in, so this guy brought in a guy that nobody knew who he was. So we're sitting around getting to know each other, talking about stories whatnot. Guy says to me, hey, you guys ever uh, still make love to a girl after she's fallen asleep in your bed? Whoa. We all kind of looked around and were like, uh, no. That's yeah. Great. Yeah, 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 you're right. Yeah, so, you know, it was uh, not a very good weekend for him. So, so he yeah. was he was bragging about yeah. that. Yeah. You should have said, let me reword that for you. Any of you guys ever raped somebody? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. yeah exactly, exactly. So, yeah, so, the, and usually, a lot of times, it's somebody, you have no idea who they are, and they just yeah. randomly blurt out this weird stuff that they, for some reason, think is a good something to brag subject about. to yeah. brag about. <laughs> That's interesting. Uh-huh. And uh, I'm going to bring it up this week, and I'm so proud of it. Yeah, let me go to Derek. Hi, Derek. Good morning. Good morning. Hey, what's up, buddy? Hey, um, I, I work at a bank, and uh, I give people on, like, all tiers, like, people that are getting money, people that are giving money. And uh, I would have a lady that came in, and she would always say how, like, she's uh, she collected money from her husband. And then finally, one day, she came in, and she was like, man, I'm so excited. She's like, he's telling me, like, he's in court. He's going to be homeless, this, that, and the other. And I asked her, like, what, he's do- what she's doing. And she said uh, she gets, like, she gets all of his paycheck and alimony. So she was bragging that she's cleaning him out, and he's going to be homeless. Yeah. She said he's, uh, I, don't, ben, I don't know any context in the relationship. Right. She, like, was going on and on about how she's so excited to see him on the street. Yeah, with any luck, he'll commit suicide soon. <laughs> anyway, have a good day. Right. Yeah. Uh, there, there's a weird dynamic to that. I, I, years ago, I used to go to a barber, Preston, who was, um, uh, you know, they, the, the, the hair, my haircuts were, you know, at that time. <laughs> it's, like, it was like $5. And the guy goes to me, he goes, he's walking around me, he goes, you know, I man came in earlier, yes, for a haircut. I knew he didn't have money. I only gave him a $2 haircut. <laughs> wow. You you saw it. You nailed yeah, yeah. him. Took him to the cleaners for three bucks. <laughs> Here's a text that says, I brag about winning favorite fail at the Cardboard Classic. <laughs> That's that you should now that's brag. one you can yeah. brag about. Yeah, I think so. <laughs> uh, let's see. When people brag about quitting their jobs but don't have another job lined up. 
Uh, I guess so. That, sometimes that can be that can be liberating. Yeah, it may, you know, unless you have a family of like twelve to take care of. Uh, let's see. I'm going through some of these text messages. Um, I know. Uh, I know. I'm an a hole who brags about how much money and awesome stuff he used to have. So he's effectively bragging about how he lost everything and is now broke. Oh my gosh! <laughs> or no, is that he, he? I think I know an a hole. Oh, okay. I'm not. Not I am an a hole. Okay. So <laughs> yeah, let uh, me tell you about this a hole. Who's oh, me? How about this? Uh, it says I have. Uh, I know. He- had heroin users that I know get together and brag about how many times they've overdosed. Is that a thing? Probably. <laughs> That's bragging because I've seen the shirts that say, "Ask me how many times I've overdosed." <laughs> uh, let me see here. How about this one? I'm going to go to Sue. Hey, Sue. Good morning. Close directions. What? Directions. What did you say, Sue? I, she said closed directions. I think she was talking to, was like, talking her, her GPS phone. or her phone. Oh. <laughs> hi, Sue. You're on the air. Sue. Oh, hello. Yeah, oh, hi. This is not your, this is not your yeah. uh, make a GPS. left 50 yes. yards. <laughs> Let's see if we can get her to crash. <laughs> make a right 10 yards. Yes, can you hear that? I can't turn it off. Okay. <laughs> That's okay, Sue. Go ahead. What were you going to tell us? Uh, my story is I'm in a bar, and this young man's trying to press me. I said I work in a dental office, and he said he hasn't been to a dentist in 10 years. That was definitely not impressive. <laughs> that was his, his pickup line was, guess who never takes care of their teeth? <laughs> You're looking at him, babe. Yeah. Oh, my God. Hey, super small penis. That's funny, Sue. So. Super maybe small. Not, maybe you're not seeing a dentist, but it's important to see your hygienist. <laughs> well, there you go. Thank you. Good luck getting to work. Uh, <laughs> here's a... Uh, Here's what it says. My mom had a friend who she always refused to go to lunch with because she would always brag and laugh about how whenever she went to a restaurant, she would always ask for the manager and complain about something to either get her meal for free or a big discount, even if everything was perfect. I find it... That's ridiculous. People who just agitate and do that all the time. And I... I there's a friend of mine for years who was that guy who would just watch. I'm going to get this. I'm going to get this for free. I'm going to get a second one. I'm going to... And would just go in and not realize the collateral damage of complaining to someone, of screwing up someone else's day, just so they can get a little thrill out of getting something for free. Yeah. It's, that, that just pisses me off. Uh, here's one that says, uh, I, the, one d- Hold on a second here. Um, the one douchebag I work with just bragged he used to have breakfast with George Carlin and dinner with John Voight. He's was, a one-upper with every story. Oh, my God, do I hate oh, one-uppers. Wow. I hate them. Yeah, I hate them more. I can't Kristen Wiig. Yeah. <laughs> well played. Yeah. yeah. Nicely done. <laughs> Kristen Wiig used to play that character on yeah. SNL. Yeah. I did that. I did that five times. Yeah. There was a point in my life where I went to the gym every day after work, and there was a guy who was a security guard uh, that worked out there. He was a security guard at, like, a mental facility, and he used to tell me all the time about, like, just, Beating up the patients, yeah, and like he was, he was like bragging about it, and I just, I didn't, I, I didn't understand. I'm like, why are you telling me? Beat this? up three slow people today. Yeah, well, I mean, right? yeah, he was like, you know, yeah, I slammed this guy to the ground. Yeah. And, you know, I did, you know, I'm like, I don't, I don't understand, like, why you're a using excessive force, and then b telling me about it. Yeah, I, you know, insecurity. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah, probably. Going back to the one upper thing, you know, when you're, uh, when you're. With people, maybe at a party or something like that, or where there's several people and there's stories flying around. You know, I mean, you're, you're sharing stories with yeah. each other. And, and you find out something you have in common with someone else or a similar experience. Yeah. And you start sharing those stories as well. 
I have found myself in a situation of, oh my god, I just keep I keep adding a better story to whatever they just said, <laughs> and if I become aware of it, if I hear another moment to throw one in, I will stop doing it, even though it might be a really good story. Well, sometimes uh-huh. it because becomes... you can come off as a as in a one upper douchebag. We end up in know? situations where we're meeting a lot of. Uh, Celebrities, and we'll meet a lot of you know uh, rock stars, and there's some aspects to this sh- job that come up a lot in conversations. People going to see shows or whatever, and they and and and, and the last thing you want to do is step on someone's. I want great story, right? Yeah, and and and, and so yes, it, because it's it's a joy for someone to be able to tell that, and the last thing you want to do is cut their legs out when they're saying that. And sometimes you can passively say it. You're just trying to say, oh, I want to add to this conversation. I know. You know? And but we... there's a difference between adding to a conversation and, like, the one-uppers will, like, they'll almost say, I, I can beat you on that. I know. You know what I mean? Without using those words, they're yeah. beating your story as opposed to just contributing and also telling a similar story. I never saw t- Tom Petty, but I beat up three mentally handicapped <laughs> yeah, yeah. people. <laughs> <laughs> no, yeah, it has to be in the same category. <laughs> well, I, if, because we have, because of our business, We've and and part of people's stories are are meeting famous people it, or going it, to shows or right. things like that, and we've done a lot of that. And I'll hear someone's story, and I'll be like, "Oh yeah, I had dinner with them that night." You know what I mean? Like, oh, I shouldn't have said that. That, that just totally killed their. Story. The last thing you want to sound is is douchey on that. Yeah. You know? yeah. Oh my god, I almost caught Slash's guitar pick at the MM Barbecue. That's cool. Uh, he and I ate a burger uh, together <laughs> an hour before that. Right. Here, you don't want to say that. Here, here you go. Here's here's a classic one. I'm going to go to Craig. Hey, Craig, good morning. What up, white folks? Hey, hey what's hey, up, hey. Craig Legans. What's going on? Uh, well, I got a double brag. Uh, unfortunately, I know a lot of single parents, and uh, I one a good friend of mine, I, I cursed while she was, I didn't know her kid was there, and I said, I'm so sorry. And she's all, oh, he's heard worse. Or, and somebody said, oh, he's heard worse. He's, I do it all the time. <laughs> Why are you bragging about that? Yeah. It has to know worse. Right, yeah. right. I, but in some ways, I, it, it, it is, and I get that. That's a double edge because I, I do agree with that, Craig. But it's also a lot of times it will, someone feels legitimately bad because they've said something in front of a kid and people say it's okay. They, you know. Yeah. I hear worse at home. Right, like, right, yeah, yeah. <laughs> oh, and I also beat them. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Unfortunately, that same person I'm friends with also Bragged about taking her, her would brag about taking her babies, and neither one of them were more than two to the movies. So these are the people that ruin it for everyone else. Yeah, and would brag about that. That's no, that's 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 BS. Though I, we were growing up though. My, we were very well mannered in movie theaters though. That was that was a main thing. But what my father, my father used to take a particular joy in in taking being. Oh yeah, we I took. I took the kids to see movies that adults were more. We were seeing Deliverance, you know, yeah. about mm-hmm. you know hillbilly rape, uh, you know, at uh, <laughs> right. at the age of like nine or ten or whatever the hell it was. Yeah, as part yeah, part of took, our growing up wonderment. She took her kids to uh, the. Um, I said I just saw Halloween, the last one that came yeah. out. She goes, "Yeah, I saw that too." I said, "I thought you had the kids this weekend." I said, "Yeah, we went." I was like, "Oh my god, why were they there? Yeah, were they?" Did they enjoy the film? You know, being oh my god, happened to because no, you know, uh, people got mad at us. I got into a fight with this one guy, but I thought the movie was good. Oh my, <laughs> Craig, I had one of the biggest freakouts of my life. It, it, it was Awakenings, the Robin Williams, you know, yeah, yeah, uh, Robert De Niro film. So uh, in the theater, this woman has two or three kids that are crying and talking and running up and down. It's a very serious movie, right? And you need yeah. that to really get the impact of the movie. And, yeah. and I do what I I've since stopped doing it, but years ago I used yeah. to. I got up in the theater, walked back three or four rows. My hands down on both sides of of the seat that she's she's on. You owe me. 
eighteen dollars. <laughs> what for the, my guest mm-hmm. and myself? Because you're ruining the and it, and I, it's not that she had not been told by people around her. It was just the, the yeah. rudest thing. You can't blame kids for being kids, you, but you can blame an adult for being stupid yeah. enough. To, and by the way, it was an eleven o'clock showing on a Friday night. My yeah. goodness, did you growl at him too? I was growling for a little bit. <laughs> yeah. Thanks, Craig. We'll talk to you, man. Thank you, guys. Yep. See you. Uh, you know what? I remember somebody years ago, and it was it seemed weird to me that they were bragging about how they let their like fourteen year old daughter drink with them while they were away on a camping trip, and I was like, that's like. Yeah, that's like terrible, terrible parenting. It, rem- oh. it reminds me of the Dom Herrera bit. We <laughs> talked about it when he was here. He did it at the, the, the Bruce Willis restaurant. He goes, you know, you know, you know, you know how fathers always brag about their sons, but they never say about their daughter. And listen, <laughs> listen to that. She's upstairs with 10 guys. <laughs> <laughs> 10 guys. What a stud. 10 guys. <laughs> four, it takes them four, five, six at a time, just like a mother. <laughs> right? You never hear that. I was on an, uh, an email chain this week, and it was one series of humble brags after the other. And okay. It, it was all about uh, what their kids have been doing on summer vacation. And it, basically, it was um, uh, lining up for the soccer season in the fall and, and yeah. when, when our practices and scrimmages and things like that going to start. And it was... Oh, uh, well, we've been in Sweden. Oh, well, we're in London. And it, it was none of that was at all pertinent to the planning of the soccer schedule. <laughs> it was all about what they've been up to. And and it's just it irked me. It got under my skin because I I, I don't care. You know you what, know? though? Like when we talk about our, our but it was one upping our it, vacations. It, it, a lot of times, like I, 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 think, I know. And a lot of times I, I like the way you guys will present your things in that. You know, because people ask, well, where'd you go? Can you recommend that? Blah, 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 blah. Okay. We're not doing it to brag. Right, right, right. Uh, certainly I'm not because I never go anywhere. Right. Uh, <laughs> and uh, but, but that's that's part of the deal. But you do hear people who are, um, who are, uh, listen, everyone should should give everyone else some latitude in a conversation. We'll get along a lot better. But you also, some people can be tone deaf to how they're sounding. Well, it's like Casey said earlier. It's it's all in how you say it, you know. And if if you're coming off in a braggadocio tone, people can pick up on that. Yeah. All right. Then you go from from brag to clearly bragging about something you're lying about. Yeah. Uh, so let me go to Jack, and I have a feeling this might be it. Hey, Jack. Good morning. <laughs> morning, guys. Rock. Hey. Thanks, man. What's up? Hey, so I sell guitars for a living, and I meet a lot of different people. Uh, one customer in particular, uh, he always he always come up saying some story about how oh I had dinner with Eric Clapton or um, <laughs> Bob Dylan taught my dad guitar. And I'm just like, really, really? <laughs> I mean, just flat out lies. Oh yeah, because if it's true, that's lies. something to brag about. Do you have yeah, any but- indication there's one scintilla of truth to this? No, of course not. Yeah. Like, and and it would be like people like my age. I'm 21. People like my age. I'm like, really? <laughs> what? I yeah. mean, you want to be you want to be open to their their stuff, but some stuff is just such, such nonsense. There's a uh, there's a uh, a great Goldberg's episode where uh, the the dad is talking to Erica and and about Lou Reed. You remember that? Yeah. yeah. He, right. he said that uh, my dad would throw these weird things out that he would never share with us. Yeah. And his life, and uh, and there was a picture of him and Lou Reed together. He's like, yeah, we used to work together. And then he just left it at that. <laughs> right, right. Yeah. I, did I tell you the Janis Joplin story? <laughs> no. no. Told I told me. you. Yeah. Okay. My, so it, it's been known. My dad was friends with John Denver back in the day. and um, because, I didn't know that. Yes. I didn't know that. Why well, doesn't he get him on the show? <laughs> so he met a lot of people through him. So half of these stories that my dad tells, like, we're not sure if they're true or right. not. Like, and, and he will, 
like it's almost like he's convinced himself, like even if they're not true. Because my mom will roll her eyes and be like, "What? That that is yeah. not true." And he's like, "Yes, it is." So it was Lincoln last, was a good tipper last summer. We were all sitting around and we were talking about Janis Joplin, and he went, "Yeah, well, I slept with her." Hold on a minute. Here. <laughs> I, I swear, we were like, "What?" And even my mom was like. Get the hell out of here. No, you didn't. He was like, yes, I did. It was before we met. It was before I knew you. We're at John Denver's house in Colorado. <laughs> wait, wait, wait. Just get him on the get phone right phone. now. Yes. Get your dad on the phone right now. I ref- <laughs> Listen, when did John Denver become a thing, which is the 70s? I didn't Janis know. Joplin died in, what, 69? Somewhere around. 70? 27 years old. She'd done yeah. Woodstock. So, yeah, so. so let's say 70 she was, right? Yeah. So... Denver, she, she <laughs> yeah, she died in nineteen seventy. All right, so when did, when was John Denver's first hit? How old concurrently? What does it mean? My dad, was I, I have to do he the math have, on this. But he, he, it didn't. I don't know. He may have not been friends with them when he had a hit. Was John Denver watching them when they got it on? <laughs> so wait a minute. He know. he he got to meet and sleep with Janis Joplin through John Denver. They met I think through. it was like a party that had because my dad used to. Hey, go, man, I know this cocor is an easy mark. <sighs> He used to go skiing out in Colorado, Utah, and uh, would go and apparently stay at John Denver's house. And, yes, some of these things happened wow. through his connections with him. Mind blower. According to my father. You know what? I want it to be real now. According to my 75-year-old father. I really do. I do want that to be real. So I how, old would, your, how think, old would your dad have I been? I do not think that that is true true at all. But why would you make something like I that up? Know. And why would Who he back knows? it up with, yes, I did, yeah. and, and, and then, all that? Oh, and then um, another one was, not that he slept with her, but um, he, he kept saying Jamie Lee Curtis, and then he was like, wait, no, no, no. He's like, From we had Halloween? To, and- we had to pull up a picture and, and show it to him, and he was like, yeah, yeah, no, that was her. She was there. She was there. She was really nice. And we're like, what? What? So how did he end up buds with John I Denver? I, so so I didn't. You don't follow through on these. I didn't know this until recently, and but both of my brothers were like, "Oh yeah, you didn't know that." I'm like, "No, I had no idea." And he's he's he says he contends he had sex with Janis oh, Joplin. That's wow. what he says. Rock legend, one of the greatest rock singers of all time. There's somebody else too. I can't remember who. It, I can't remember the name. Um, I'll have to find out. The well, from I'm Cap- see if we can Captain get him on <laughs> I'm a, I'm a fan of Janis Joplin, but even in her prime, mm, no, no, I don't think I could. No, have done wonderful, that. clearly troubled. Uh, yes, yes, yes it, uh, great voice. Yeah, genius, attractive. No, no, <laughs> no. I would have, but I mean, yeah, yeah, Janis Joplin. Joplin yeah. You know, like, I own the greatest hits. <laughs> <laughs> but like, Listen, sleep with Janis Joplin before Miss Joplin. Yeah, she's Post. actually. It's it's like Post. yeah. Yeah. Well, there was a great episode. I talk about it all the times of, of Wings where uh, uh, Antonio, the uh, you know the uh, the guy finds um, on, the, on the show wings? right on the show okay. Wings, and he he finds uh, he goes hey, my uh, my uh, uncle was quite a ladies' man. He slept with uh, Gino uh, Gina Lola Brigida, and he goes yeah, see right here. It's another front of Gina Lola, and the guy goes. He's looking and he goes, it says Gino Lola Brigida. Gino Lola Brigida. Oh, that's uh, not as good. (laughs) But, um, yeah, so, but I think you can also talk yourself into believing. Oh, man, it'd be so cool if he did that. I really want to talk to him. I really kind of think that that, we think that that's what 
what that is is like he almost but the John Denver thing himself. you think you believe no that that was fact are yes, there pictures of them was, together uh yeah I think he has pictures of them like way 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 back in the day but you think he kind of invented the uh I, he invents Janis a Joplin lot thing. of stories and he like banged some ugly chick one night and said you know what I'm <laughs> that was Janis Joplin <laughs> you know what happened Preston he actually slept with George Burns on the set of Oh God <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, she looked the same yeah and John Denver was in that movie that but quite, he's that was quite erotic and he like if you tell him no he is adamant that that happened. No, Don't I tell me him. it was my life. I was there. All you right. weren't. Then you know what? I believe him. <laughs> He was also in Flock of Seagulls, too. I believe That's him. That's good, because I, I don't press I it. believe him. When did he and your mother meet? <laughs> uh, they. My dad was... I think thirty six or thirty seven. Oh yeah, he was old. So my dad went. My dad had a life before mm-hmm. my mom. Okay, which he uh, sometimes will spill out to us, and we're like, I don't want to hear it. Blurting out, wow! Like it's time in Puerto Rico. What a what, what happened in Puerto Rico? I think a lot of things happened. He slept in Puerto with Menudo. <laughs> yeah. The All funny thing is, is that uh, once they reach sixteen, they have to kick him out. I would be there to console them. <laughs> oh my god! Wait, maybe you are Puerto Rican. Yeah, that's quite possible. <laughs> we have flirted with that idea for years. The woman was like, "Here, take her. I don't want her." I would love to see your birth certificate <laughs> at, at Kathy. Joplin. <laughs> wow, man. Yeah, okay. we're trying to... He's at work. My mom's trying to find him. All right. Okay. Uh, all right. Well, that, you know, I, he's, I don't even he's know probably in some this. tour bus. Yeah. <laughs> Seriously. He's a male groupie. He's sleeping with the, 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 the crew from Evanescence. Oh, and li- well, here, another quick story about my dad. He can get anywhere. Like, if if, he, if I brought him to the MMRBQ, he would end up in a tour bus somewhere. Okay. He, he just walks like he belongs there, walks right in, opens the door, closes it, doesn't listen to people who say no. And he doesn't say much either. He's kind yeah. of a quiet guy. So you're kind of like, what? Uh, I guess he's supposed to I be here. I guess that Everybody man goes, is supposed to go there. The guy from the AHA video just walked out. <laughs> Janice Joplin's husband. Janice Joplin. Janice Joplin. Well, that's worthy of bragging about. If that's if that's yeah, no, that's yeah. Yeah. Sure. that's Let's not know. something stupid to brag about. That's one of the that's rock royalty right there. So the John right. Denver thing is even pretty cool. Well, I'm gonna I think I'm gonna wrap it up there because we can't. <laughs> yeah. gonna talk it's that. Not bad. Um, well, uh, what's the story on our guests? You think they'll be here well, on time, or I... should we keep uh, should we keep rolling for a couple minutes? No, I think we should keep rolling for a couple of minutes. Okay. I'm looking. Uh... <laughs> <laughs> My itinerary, my schedule, if you will. Uh, I would take at least one or two more calls. Okay. All right. Let me go to. I'm going to go to. Oh, but only people who have slept with rock legends. Bro. I'm going to go to Manny. <laughs> Hi, Manny. Good morning. Hi. Is your name Manny? Oh, I'm sorry. I was holding for Kenny Knight. <laughs> oh, man. Uh, Speaking. <laughs> What's up, man? I brag to people. I try to one up all the time with uh, this story where. People talk about your show, and I'm like, yeah, well, I once told Kathy Romano I'm an engineer, and she and I convinced her to get on the cardboard plastic sled this year. <laughs> Very good. Are you really an engineer? I am, but I'm uh. not structural. <laughs> not structural. <laughs> so I was okay. And he knows how picky you are. You looked at me, and you were like, I trust him. I'm like, I know you do. You looked at me. He looked yeah. me right in the eyes. He was like, it's going to be okay. This thing is solid. I'm, an engineer. I'm an engineer. I'm an engineer. I drive the train. It's storybook land. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and I was yeah. like, okay. You need to understand my father slept with Janice Joplin. <laughs> I can't die now. Yeah. I like it, Manny. I have too much to toll. Thanks, bud. All right, let me go to let me go to Ed here. Hey, Ed, good morning. Good morning. How you guys doing? Good. What's up, bud? Well, this guy that claims he's a millionaire lives with his mom, <laughs> and he works at a gas station pumping gas. Okay. And he brags <sighs> about being a millionaire. 
and that's how you control a millionaire by doing <laughs> yeah. It, uh, we've heard stories, Yet and there have been movies where people who are. You would never know because they keep it a secret. They want to stay down and, and, and keep their job and do their deal. Uh, but I would be loath to believe that. Yeah. Uh, so how does it? Why? How does he explain? Or why does he say he continues to pump gas and live with his mother if he's he in fact if he is in fact a millionaire? He actually he he was online gambler and that's how he won all his money. But he had to put his mom's house up for collateral to actually gamble. All right. And. So he says, oh, I'm just saving my money. You have a million. What do you need to save it for? You've saved. You've done a great job. Do you remember? It's, this reminds me, Preston. Yeah. And, Thanks, and, uh, and, uh, Remember that show, uh, Who Wants to Marry a Millionaire? It was one of the first shows to come out. Yep. That um, you know, that was really on this Darva reality. Conger. Darva Conger. She was girls. Yeah, she was the. Uh, she was the. Uh, and the, the guy, the guy's Rick Rock something or. Yeah. Anyway, it turns out that if you were to stretch every possible bit of property or, you know, his whatever. Investments, You might yeah. be able to get close to a million. So yeah. that was the deal. One million. Right, right, yeah. Just so, but not that that's not good, yeah. but, you know, you, you think you're marrying somebody who's, you know, J. Paul Getty. Yeah. And it's this guy, and and, and it, he, he caught so much crap because yeah. he was one of these guys, and then other people were coming forward saying he was one of these guys who just bragged about everything. Yeah. yeah. Uh, by the way, Kathy, somebody has an explanation for your dad okay. and his connections. It would be like this. No, no, no. I was hanging with John from Denver and hooked up with Janice <laughs> yes, from Joplin. Yes. <laughs> yeah. That's 100%. Yeah. That's, that's great. That makes, yeah, we were hanging out with Johnny Hendricks. That makes a little more sense. So, so some people are... Yeah, we were at Woodstock. <laughs> some people are saying that, that the, the timeline checks out. It says here, uh, John Denver's first album was released was in 1966, so Kathy's dad timeline right. can check out. Uh, so, interesting. Well, we'll ch- if, if I find him, we can, we'll we ask want, him some more questions. find him? Well, well, he's, he's at work, and he, he still has a flip phone, and I don't what even know if it rings. Do? I know, my dad still works. Uh, he's an electrician, and he, he'll work in uh, some homes that are being He's rehabbed. an engineer. Yeah. He's an engineer. <laughs> but he no lives kidding. in your mom's house. So what does that mean? It's a joke. <laughs> his, mom I... is, his mom is your wife. <laughs> his mom <laughs> is your wife. His wife. Your mom My is mom. Is is, what the hell's <laughs> happening? I don't know. Uh, let's just go past this part. What Pretend the like we hell is happening oh, here? I don't know, man. I do he married know. his wife? That's just crazy. You married your mom? I'm going to go to Dwayne here. Hi. Dwayne, you're on the air. Good morning. Good morning, man. Black Whistler from Delaware. Yeah. All right. Delaware, Delaware Black Rock. Jinx. <laughs> What's up, Dwayne? A friend of mine would brag about everything, man, but he always used to go to this bar in Wilmington. Yep. And like I said, you know, if you ask him for a dollar, dude, he would pull out like, you know, 4000 bucks and go circle through the whole thing just to pull me out $1. <laughs> well, as, as for bragging over the time, over in time, I bet you friends of his, they robbed his apartment, man. I mean, took everything, his girlfriend's jewelry, everything. Whoa. And I know it was friends of his, and he probably still, you know, commiserates with them all the time and don't even know there's people who robbed him. Yeah, man, yeah. you start flashing around, people get the idea, and they know. I mean, you look look at it on a larger scale, Dwayne, with like, you know, they, they say that when uh, Kim Kardashian got robbed in France, it was a direct result of them, the Instagram pictures yep. of all this jewelry that she had on and it was at the the hotel and so they you know they 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 robbed her so yeah, uh, yeah you got to be careful with that yeah do you do have Thanks, you ever Dwayne. seen a president somebody has like a roll of cash yeah and like so there's like yeah, 20s on the out. outside and there's like you know 50 singles on the uh 
Yeah, it's the oldest uh, trick in the book. There was in the the small town that I started radio in. There was a there was a murder that happened over something like that. Some guy had for some reason he had this cash. He had like ten thousand dollars in cash. Yeah, flashing it around, and mm-hmm. these two guys killed him, killed him, and took the money. And, you know, it was a small town and you know, kind of a go-nowhere type of town. And $10,000 yeah. was a lot, a lot, of money. lot of cash. And, yeah, you got to be careful what you brag about sometimes. That guy went on to sleep at Janis Jump. Yes, he did. <laughs> <laughs> Get in line. All right. Anyhow, thanks. Some interesting calls uh, for the worst thing someone has bragged about to you. Um, we are going to take a quick break and come back in a moment. Should I give away another one of these? Yeah, man. All Do right. it! I got uh, a case of uh, Yards Philly Pale Ale. It's the best, uh, summer's best. Uh, let's take caller number 22-215-263-WMMR. You can find Philly Pale Ale in bottles and cans wherever yards beers are sold, including Uno, Pizzeria, and Grill in Hamilton Township. So we'll set you up. When we return, we are scheduled to have the writer, the director, and two of the stars of the film Blinded by the Light, which is coming out on August 16th. So when we return, we will have an awesome conversation about that. Stay with us. We will return shortly. What's new? Glad you asked. The Black Keys. Greta Van Fleet. Five Finger Death Punch. New music. More of everything that rocks. On 93.3 WMMR. To say that we have, as far as the movie goes, Blinded by the Light, we have the most important people <laughs> in our studio there right we go. now. So we have writer, director, and two of the stars of the film. Uh, the movie is opening on August 16th. It's getting wonderful reviews. Yeah. Uh, we're excited to see the film, and I apologize if I mess up your names. I'm just, I'm, I'm terrible at names altogether. But we are going to welcome to the studio, we have uh, Vivek, we have Aaron, we have Gorinda, and Sephraz, who are here. Yeah. Yeah. Did I get any of those correct? Perfect. You were good. Almost. Perfect? Close Almost. Enough. You said oh, Aaron wrong. Aaron? <laughs> we screwed up the easiest one. It's A-A-Ron, right? A-A-Ron. 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 Yeah. Yeah. My name's Blake. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you guys Blocked. for being here this morning. Uh, you know, like I said, the, the movie's getting rave reviews, and, and you guys are the key people in this. Uh, project, and um, I don't even know where to begin other than... Can I start? Well, I was going to tell, if if you don't mind me telling... Please, please. who uh, the... You're the director of Bend It Like Beckham. Oh, my God, do I love that movie. Oh, bless you. Thank you. Such a wonderful film, and uh, you know what, and... and It's just just a pure, joyous... Film, yeah, and uh, you know it's 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 obvious, and we know is the the biggest grossing until that damn Slumdog Millionaire movie came along, <laughs> but it was the biggest grossing movie in, in England. But th- this is in sort of that that realm, yeah. That, that the and your your movies are sort of described as as like like gentle comedic dramas that that are that are of a time that are of, that are people's stories, absolutely, and uh, that that re- they always seem to resonate. You seem to have a gift for that. So uh, yeah, we're 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 well, big fans you. of your work. You know, one of the great things actually about Mendelite Beckham for me was this recent uh, Women's World Cup. Yeah, 
uh, where the small team from the US did well. <laughs> <laughs> Beat us out in the UK. Yeah. Uh, it beat England. But what was great was so many of the players said they got into football or soccer uh, because of watching Bender Light Beckham. Oh, that's very cool. That's got to so be very, very cool. Well, there was, very there was cool. a nice nod to the to the uh, women's American team in Bennett Light Beckham, too, which was uh, pretty absolutely, cool. Absolutely, yes. Yeah. Good. But, yes, Blinded by the Light um, is... In that area that I love, you know, talking about kids whose parents might have come from somewhere else, have certain dreams for their kids, and then suddenly their kids go, uh-uh, that's not my dream. I've got my own dream. Right. Mm-hmm. And then there's a big chasm in the middle, and how, what, how are you going to fix that? But it's not just drama for the sake of drama, because there's a lot of love and emotion between parents and kids but at the same time, there's a lot of, you know, fractious stuff. So I find that a really great area for well, drama. You, you know, Gorinda, uh, is that my pronunciation? Yes, yes. So, so this, this brought to mind, there's the opening scene in, uh, in Bohemian Rhapsody where um, uh, uh, Freddie Mercury's on the tarmac and he's working and he's, he's, he's called a disparaging comment and he's, and he's kind of going through this and he finds, um, he finds salvation through music. Yes, and, absolutely. Yeah, and it's, most... it's, the same, it's the same, it's the same, it's, am I pronouncing yes. it? Yeah, yeah, right. yeah. Uh, your story is this, and we've talked about this many times about, and you try to articulate it, and it seems that visually you're able to pull it off in the movie how music, how you try to describe, because obviously we're a music station, longest rock station in, in you know, in, in the country here yeah. in, in and and how music, how those particular songs can take a moment and no one knows what I'm going through. And then you hear that voice, you hear that thing on the radio and it speaks to you and, and it and suddenly you feel a connection and you're not alone. And that's a that's, that's a, what especially to me. Yeah. yeah. But it's also it's actually about radio as well. Because yeah. there's, there's something about when you listen to a song on the radio where it just feels like it's just talking to you. Yeah. You know, and when a DJ speaks, I remember being a sixteen year old. And I used to think oh, I had a personal relationship with the DJs. I couldn't believe that other people were also listening. To Likewise. Those you know it I mean? meant a lot because there were many of the experiences of like, I remember when the night John Lennon was shot. I, I, I got all that through, through the radio and, and, and I, it, from second to second to all of that. And the other thing is when you're a kid, especially if you're a kid living in a small town and it feels like it's got not much promise in it. And right. you don't have people who connect with you and you don't have parents who really speak the kind of way you want to speak. And then you hear a song or you see an artist whose words connect with you. I just think the power of that when you're a teenager just never gets replicated. Do you know what I mean? I think you're right. You just played Dancing in the Dark. Yeah. That brings me back to being 16, hearing that song and thinking, yeah, I want to get out of a dump like this. You know, (laughs) and that relationship, and that's what this film is about. It's about being 16 discovering the music of Bruce Springsteen and thinking, this guy has the secret to the universe. <laughs> this guy can take me to the promised land. <laughs> and it's funny because, and we, we've talked about um, how sometimes it is it is a song like that, or, you know, getting out of a dump like this, or it can be a, a, just a joyous song. But the, the way music, in, in its most unique way, has uh, has a way to address your emotions in, in a very prime way. Now, you as a filmmaker, Agarinda, have, have the, the ability to... You use some creative techniques to actually see the the moments at which these lyrics are impacting uh, your characters. And and what made you decide to, because we're actually seeing words. Well, here was a film where the protagonist, the the lead guy, his dream is to be a writer. Right. And it's the words of Bruce Springsteen that talk to him. So as a director, you know, making a film where your star wants to be a writer is not necessarily cinematic. Right. Um, And so I had to find... um, 
I had to find a way to make the words come alive, but not only come alive, be characters and be emotional in 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 telling that story right. of how music impacts you for the first time. Were you afraid that it, it could become too too cute to use to to it was it, a, it had to be a bit of a risk well what i didn't want to do is uh, do a jukebox musical right 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 <laughs> karaoke yeah yeah, yeah. where mm-hmm. you just had the songs in the background mm-hmm. or, and as you say karaoke uh, i i had to make the words be characters and so it was the choice of words i used and used the entire sentences just pulled out certain words and how i animated them and it was all through jarvid's eyes was and ears and head what was he thinking what was he appealing to at that time uh, and i think what's been interesting is a lot of people have really appreciated that i do i have put words up when needed because bruce mumbles yeah. <laughs> yeah. oh you know what he's You've saying noticed. yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I, the, the wildly innocent in the e street shuffle is one of those seminal albums for wow, me where yeah. Uh, yeah. and there's so many songs that i just that i just would listen to over and over and over again and um, uh, so to, to see the to see words and to see things like that, Bruce himself obviously is a big proponent of it. And he's not always been that way about his the use of his music in movies. No. Uh, so you 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 know that was a, a big score for you guys because yeah. it, it it clearly spoke to I assume if you if you saw his Broadway show or it's on Netflix as well it, that that clearly is a, a major importance to him how his message is disseminated and received. So I assume that's why you got the immediate okay about that. Well. You know what? Uh, if you go onto the uh, Blinded by the Light uh, social media handle today, Safraz has put up the video of us first meeting Bruce. And... We waited a long time because it's yes. very, very embarrassing. <laughs> yes. oh, really? Yeah, we're not cool, calm, and collected at all. We both lose ourselves. Really? Yeah. Well, yeah. I heard you met him briefly when you were 16. Uh, no, no. Basically, what happened was in 2010. Yeah. Um, you can see this; it's it's, it's there in glaring colour. <laughs> um, in 2010, in London, he came for the promise, you know, the making of darkness on yes. the town. Yeah. And I'd written a book uh, three years earlier called Greetings from Barry Park, and which was sort of told the true story, yeah. which this film is inspired by. And uh, I wanted to give him the book. And basically, what happens is. He's there at this big premiere event and he's running through, he's walking through and there's all these people running around and there's flash bobs going and I'm trying to catch his eye because I want to give him the book. Right. I want him to show us this is how much you meant to me. And then as you'll see in the video, he spots me, walks towards me and says, hey, I just want to tell you I really loved your book. Wow. What? Oh, my God. Did wow. you cry? Did you cry? You uh, cried. My, my voice went up a couple of octaves. <laughs> <laughs> he did what you just did. <laughs> Let me ask you. Well, yeah. Exactly. That, that's, that is amazing. It's crazy. How quickly yeah. did you have to change your pants? <laughs> <laughs> because Safra, that are, would just be... Are you the boy? Yeah. 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 Okay. Yeah. All right. Yeah. It's based on Safras. <laughs> I mean, so as yeah. Safras was freaking out, and and he was saying, how did you read it? Who gave it to you? You found the time to read it and all this. Um, I stood there thinking, okay, this is it. I've three seconds before he's moved on to do a movie deal with Bruce right now because his book is wonderful, but there'd be no movie without Bruce's blessing. Yeah, that's what no, we that's knew. how can you how can you do it and not use Bruce Springsteen? Yeah, music? we have to have Bruce. So he was there standing in front of us. So I was like, going, okay, be calm, be professional, and I turned to him and I went. Hi, Bruce. I made Pendel. I beg you. So great you're here. We, I'm so glad you like the book. We want to make a film. Please, will you help us? Um, and we've kept that video quiet, actually. But yeah. Safran, I put it out today. Right, now we're, like we're going to look for it. Yeah, yeah. Um, and, um, and, and he just looked at us both standing there and said, 
Bumped his head, said, sounds good. Nice. Nice. Talk to John. And then that's how the movie happened. Wow. I wanted to get uh, Vivek and and Aaron's uh, uh, perspective on Bruce before you got the role. Yes. What what was your awareness of him as an Um, artist? Hello. I'm Vivek. (laughs) This is. I'm I'm Aaron. Um, We just want to say, just really quickly before that, me and Aaron got the chance to meet Bruce for the first time two days ago. Which was absolutely <laughs> nuts, yeah. and he turned up to our red carpet, and everyone else. This was, was in Asbury off. Park. Yeah. Yep. yeah, everyone else was tipped off. Zaf was tipped off. G was tipped off. Aaron was tipped off. No one told me. <laughs> he turned around the corner on the red carpet, and people have asked me like, "What would you do if if you met Bruce?" And I was like, oh, "Just you know, say hello, hello, hey, like, how's it going?" <laughs> I fell to the floor. <laughs> And then, like, I, I bowed down to the man, and he was like, "What's going on?" He was probably, like, he was probably like, "What on earth's going on?" Because he's quite a normal lad. But yeah, yeah uh, we definitely didn't listen to Bruce beforehand, but now right. we are, now we are fans. And I think if I hear quickly, uh, uh, is that your favorite song is "Growing Up"? Correct? Yes, sir. Yeah, that's one yeah. of my all-time favorite. That's, that's a great song. And you, I understand it's now a little bit harder for you to listen to more. Uh, poppy stuff now that certainly. you've heard Springsteen. C- certainly during are the you, time. Are you both that way, Aaron, as well? Um, yeah. I'm still a rap fan, but it's, <laughs> nice to, it's nice to have that kind of shift because it was yeah. so far from what I what I usually listen to. Right. Um, so it took me a while to kind of get to grips with uh, his, his style of music and that kind of genre. Um, but, of course, we're playing real guys who are going to be watching it and to resonate with the characters as well as we needed to, we had to understand what it was about this man that was... You know that that resonated so well with a sixteen-year-old Indian, a Muslim boy in Luton, and it can be a tough thing because music. You know, everyone tries to. You got to listen to this man, and some. I'm sure you've all had people go, "You got to listen," to, and mm. and you don't like it. So if yeah. you don't like it, that's a tough thing to get over. But yeah. but obviously, you both ma- managed to do that. But the thing yeah. about this film actually is that although obviously in, in real life it was about Springsteen for me, right? I think you could actually substitute Springsteen for anybody that really mattered to you. I, yeah. I agree. Yeah. So yeah. I'm getting tweets from people saying. This reminded me of the first time I heard Green Day. Yeah. I heard one woman who I think may have been clinically insane who basically <laughs> said, this film reminded me of the first time I listened to Duran Duran. <laughs> <laughs> Which but that's, it was impactful for her. I mean, that, 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 Apparently so. Yeah. Hungry Like the Wolf did it for her. <laughs> so for us, the name of the book was um, uh, Blind... Greetings, greetings from Barry Park. Right. The name of the book. Yeah. And so you grew up in, in Barry Park? Yeah. Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. Why was the movie not named that? Because it's a great name. It's a name. fantastic title. Yeah. I know, but because it's a bit of a joke because in terms of the album, first album of Springsteen is Greetings from Asbury Park. Right, Which is what Growing Up is on. Yeah, and exactly. So it would have worked. But I think, you know, if you think about it as on a poster, Blinded by the Light just feels like an open, happy kind of title. I have to say, a couple of days ago, we were in Asbury Park for the premiere. Yeah. And the maddest thing, I was sitting next to Aaron and Vivek, and Bruce was two rows in front of us <laughs> to watch the film. And the weirdest thing to be watching our film with the head, with the outline of Bruce, that has to be. What, what if he turned around? Man, that sucked. Literally every every single scene that I was in, I was like trying to turn my head so I could see if he was like, laughing or not. You just, uh, I mean, so he he's there. He's Asbury Park. Was it Southside? Johnny was there as well. Yeah. yeah so yeah. that that whole that whole as I I love that that period of time with, of his music and he he went off in some other things that were kind of like. Um, you know, a, a little different. Um, but uh, at that point, I think that's the purest. And to your point about speaking when you're t- a teenager, when you're younger, uh, you know, uh, that it that that impact, Preston was moved by the Beatles and Rush. And, mm-hmm. uh, you know, we all have those bands. So you're right. You can take extract Bruce Springsteen and put in any band. What do you think it is about that age? It's just because you're in formative years or 
It is. I think it's because you're still being shaped, aren't yeah. you? You are still being shaped and you are impressionable. I think you're impressionable. Right. And, and for me, what it was also about is, you know, I always think, like, say you live in a town which doesn't seem to have much promise and you don't have cool, you know, siblings or whatever. Music is like a window to another world. You know, yeah, no, if you're in Britain, if you're Britain, it can be American music. If you're in America, it might be the Smiths or it might be the Beatles or whatever. And it opens the window to something else that's possible. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. It, it, and it's, it's uh, you know, Casey listens to, Nick and Casey listen to a lot of music. Preston is a musician. Uh, you know, and so it, it obviously the whole industry here that we're in radio, at least at this level, is, is, is based on music. But the, the marriage of cinema and music ha- can go asunder pretty quickly. Yeah, I mean, I think magic. The magic is how you use music, yeah. you know, with your characters and with your story. And if you get it right, you know, one track again in a particular scene can can make the whole movie. So yeah. how hard do you slave on picking the right song for the right Oh, it was very it was a very long process and you know, lyrics.com was my friend for a long <laughs> yeah. time, you know. Yeah. And got all the lyrics out, poured over them really wanted to make every song matter in terms of Javid's journey. Right. Um, and there were situations where w- there were great songs that we couldn't use because they didn't fit the story we wanted to tell. I got you. And then there were other occasions where I knew I needed something here, but I wasn't quite sure which track. And then I'd call Safraz and he'd invariably be on the top of a bus going home or something. And I'd say, okay, here's a situation, which song? And he'd say, well, give me half an hour. And then three minutes later, he'd call back <laughs> with like three suggestions. I'd yeah. like, I tried that, I tried that, but that's a good idea. Let's try that. So it was, it was forensic is the word I would use. But also in the film... Um, the music is very uh, choreographed, you know, how a certain line is used and not used. So in Dancing in the Dark, for example, there are lines that are very relevant, but then Bruce goes into a chorus of Dancing in the Dark, which wasn't particularly relevant at that point in the scene because I wanted to get to messages keep getting stronger. And so I had uh, Javid press forward on the Walkman as if he's like wants to hear more and more. Mm-hmm. And then, of course, he hits it right at messages keep getting stronger and and so that's how you know it, that's what i mean by choreographed yeah and the great yeah. thing is about springsteen is that and not and many artists can do this is their writing actually speaks to so many different things so at the beginning you know you have a scene where he's in his town and he's trying you know he wants to get out so you're living in a dump like this and all this dancing in the dark is perfect later on when there's a story arc and a story is about the relationship with his father He's written Independence Day, which is absolutely mm. about that. Mm. You know, later on, it might be something about, you know, not trying to find trying to find work. Badlands, you know, keep pushing every day. So the fact of Springsteen is that his lyrics actually speak to the same concerns that somebody likes Javid, so many people living in hard towns, you mm-hmm. know, living lives they don't want. So we had that ability. And not yeah. every artist will have lyrics that are as mm. versatile and which speak to that range of experience. But we, also, sorry. We, I was going to say, we look, we see Bruce as... You can't get much more American than Bruce as far as an artist goes. Yeah. Um, but, uh, and I've always listened to him that way, speaking yeah. about, you know, when I think of the, the towns he's describing and so forth as an American town, was it easy to, for that to translate? Did that even cross your mind when you were listening to I Bruce as a kid? you see Bruce as American. Mm-hmm. I see Bruce as universal. Right. The, what The stories that he tells, you know, if you sit and listen to them, they're everybody's stories. They're stories of struggle. They're stories of people trying to get by, people trying to raise their kids. 
People haven't got enough jobs around. Yeah. You know, they're about, as he says, the stories are about people who make the world go round. Right. And yeah, I think that's it's why he has so many fans all over the world. And I think that's absolutely true. But there is also a romance in the fact that he is American. Okay. So if you grow up yeah. far, far from places, and it's a bit of a joke, it sounds like a joke, but... You know, like places like the New Jersey Turnpike <laughs> sounds really cool if you don't have to drive on it. <laughs> right. Yeah. So, yeah. so we're in Philly. We're, yeah. we're in Philadelphia. Yeah. I grew up knowing about the Spectrum. Okay. You know, I, I've seen videos of Springsteen singing when you walk in the room, you know, the mm. song. Uh, from, yeah. from, from, you know, at the Spectrum. I know what this place means to Bruce. Okay. Having never even been here. I, yeah. You know, because I know the history of that stuff. And it means more when you're not from there. In yeah. 1987, in Britain, was how popular was Bruce overall? Or were you kind of on your own listening to Bruce Springsteen? So if you know your music, 1987 was Ton of Love. Mm-hmm. So Bruce has gone No over longer the with the E Street Band. He's, he's gone over the It's an underrated born. album, by the way. It's yeah. a masterpiece, yeah. Yeah. but it's not born in the USA. Right? Yeah. So firstly, the people who liked him were the muscle-bound... They thought he was a muscle-bound, bombastic kind of person. Right. Yeah? Uh-huh. So if you're going to 16, when I was 16, people were into the Smiths. And Springsteen was like bombastic, super uber American. So that was one thing. And secondly, Son of Love is a dark album about relationships and frailties of, you know, frailties of, of, of adulthood, which isn't going to be what the 16-year-old kids are going to like anyway. Yeah. So me and my friend Roops were basically on our own. And people were into Bros. They were into, you know, uh, Curiosity Kill the Cat. They were into... <laughs> I like all that stuff. <laughs> yeah. They were into Cutting Chris. Probably best not to admit that in public. But, <laughs> And so, yeah, we were on our own. But the funny thing is, we didn't think that we were worse than them. We thought we were superior to the other people in the college because we knew more than they did because of the wisdom of Bruce. Wow. Uh, wow. Hey, uh, would you classify this movie as a musical? Uh, no. no. I'd classify it as a quasi-musical and a British uh, film um, with music in it. So do you know who uh, John Carney is, by any chance? Uh, he, he wrote and directed the movies uh, Sing Street. Sing Street, yes, uh, yeah. yes. So he does these movies that, like, I guess you could technically classify it as a musical, but I, you, as you're watching it, you're not like, you know, this isn't song and dance, sound of music, yeah. and all that sort of stuff. And I, and I, because I love music so, great, yeah, yeah I, I love music so much, and if, if it can be incorporated into a, a movie, I'm like, yeah, I'm all for it. Yeah, I love Sing Street, yeah. and we've had some comparisons with that film. Really? And, and the same thing there, was the music was an integral part of the kid's journey. Yeah. So it wasn't it wasn't about song and dance music. It was like music was his way out to be cool and to get that girl. You know, yeah. be in a band, get the girl. And and also, you know, I, I have been a fan of Spring Scenes too since I was at school. And that's something that everyone finds very amazing that me as an <laughs> Asian wo- woman in Britain would be into Spring Scene. But we ha- had a parallel love of the guy um, because because he does speak to us, and that's how we became friends because of our love of Springsteen. I know so, you're a professional filmmaker, but isn't there a temptation when making a movie like this that's such a love letter to make it four hours long? To, you know, just to include every yeah, Bruce song right. that there yeah. ever was and, well, and to keep it going? <laughs> well, at Sundance, the first time we saw the film with an audience, there were a lot of Bruce fans in the in the audience who'd sort of got gone to Sundance to, to catch the first viewing. And after the film, one of the first questions I got asked uh, was... I loved the movie, but why did you make the, f- the song so short? <laughs> I'm like, dude, no one wants a four-hour movie. Yeah. And I'm like, I'm, I'm like you. I agree with you. <laughs> uh, so, Fraz, I'm a huge Beatles fan. Um, someday I want to go to Liverpool. I want to see this area that motivated these guys to write this amazing music, where it was fostered, where they grew up. 
what was it about that place? You have come here. You've probably been here before, and you've probably you've been to Asbury Park. Have you gone around to see some of these places that you've yeah. heard about in song? And what's that like for you when you get a chance? To did you see? see did you did you see the James Corden thing with McCartney when he went? I did. Oh, it's oh great. my god! Absolutely great. loved it. Yeah. <clears throat> so when I was nineteen, I went and did a pilgrimage to Asbury Park, and walked around and saw the boardwalk, and <laughs> went to the convention center and stood outside the Stone Pony. And people always say, oh, God, it must have been so disappointing. But I was like, no, this is the, this is the real landscape that I mythologized and loved. And it was so moving and incredibly, like, validating to come back, what, 29 years later this week with the film back in Asbury Park and actually get inside the convention centre <laughs> and actually get inside the Stone Pony. And, um, yeah, so, no, it's, it's an incredible, incredible uh, journey and it's really, really lovely to have a film. And the other thing that was really incredible was to do a film which you think is very personal about Britain and the 80s and, you know, a, a kid from a migrant background. And to have people in Jersey and here all over the state saying, we recognise ourselves in this dad. We recognise ourselves in the character of Javid. Yeah. And that's really meaningful. You know, you think you're telling some sort of personal story about being a British kid. And it resonates. And the people in the place that you've worshipped are saying they connected with it. And to have a younger version of yourself... Jumping up on a poster in red, white, and blue—you know the, Ameri- the colours of the American flag—is a, a mighty thing. <laughs> it's true. Well, so, and, and, and I'm dying to see it because, Grinnell, like like you did with uh, with Bennett Light Beckham, you were talking about different cultures, and and I saw that family having the same issues that I of a completely different culture have as well. Yeah. And it's uh, I, I'm I'm dying to see this. Well, I think my job as a filmmaker then is to take these stories and and put them together and create, you know, two plus two equals five. You know, that's that's you've got to have a film that has impact. So you've got to be true to the story, uh, the true life story of the kid who's dreaming of writing and becomes a writer. And also, you you know, I'm very... Um, <clears throat> I'm very um, pleased that I was able to make a film with Bruce's songs that lived up to his legacy that he liked. That's so cool. That's yeah. the cool thing. You, you know, you, he, uh, after we made, after he saw the film, he said to me, he gave me a big hug and kissed me, and he said, "Thank you for looking after me so beautifully." Uh-huh. But but the film has to be, dare I say it, bigger than Bruce and bigger <laughs> than Safraz for it to connect to people all over the world. And and I have to make it a universal story. And I have to show that Bruce has words, but you don't have to be a Bruce fan. And that's the power of cinema. So right now, in terms of some of what we see around the world that's going on in terms of intolerance and hate... For me, it was really important to make a movie that had some kind of impact um, and was an antidote to what we were seeing around us. Yeah, um, so I was going to ask you, but now I'm, <laughs> I'm thinking of a different question. No, I'm going to go back to the original question. Um, <laughs> what sort of uh, musical avenues did Bruce open up for you? Musical avenues? Um, well, I just want to say, before I say that, that um, this whole universality thing, you know, when I was a kid, I would watch something like, say, Michael J. Fox on Back to the Future mm-hmm. and completely connect with him as a, little, as a teenager or Ferris Bueller or whatever. And there's something really cool about people watching Vivek and Aaron on screen as Javed and Roops, <laughs> as these Asian kids in England, but seeing themselves yeah. in that, yeah, and seeing these people as every as everyday hum- as everyday kids that they can connect with, yep. even though they're not from a different country and they're from a different color, and that's 
that is really powerful and that's really significant. And that says something about how brilliant their acting is. It says something about the story and the script. But that's really cool, isn't it? Yeah, I think it's really I, cool I, that I they can it. see themselves as is that. But that's my job. Yeah. That's my job to make sure that people... Good they were. They were really good as well. Absolutely. But it all goes back to... Thank you, sir. Starts with Bruce. <laughs> <laughs> You're starting with Bruce. You know, here, here's but a... the musical avenues question. Yeah, yeah. What I did was I got a bit of a spider's web. So I got into Bruce. And then because of Bruce, I got into Roy Orbison. And I got into Dylan. And I went to John Mellencamp. Oh. And so basically all the people that Springsteen liked, yeah. I started liking. And that kind of opened the door to Johnny Cash and, 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 and that whole world. I but, wanted to ask just a quick question to you, Vivica. I've been seeing the, the, these uh, um, pieces about this movie Voyagers. Are you, are you a part of that film? Yeah. Yes, and it's it's coming out, and it, it's been like it's like a like a futuristic Lord of the Flies. Yes. This is a this is a big thing. Are you still filming that? Uh, just finished filming a week before we started doing UK press. So I literally we were out in Romania for two months, did that, and then hopped on UK press, and now we're in the US. So you just uh, you haven't stopped. Yeah, it's quite cool that it's pretty different. It's what's cool is like being like young and Asian, you can do stuff that's like this that is about culture and right. like uplifting those people. And also something like that, which is totally unrelated, about like kids on a spaceship, and then Colin Farrell dies, and then we have to sort of figure our <laughs> own given a lives spoiler. out. <laughs> you know what I mean? And then everything, 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 you know, goes downhill from there. But it's, uh, it's no, it's, it's getting a good word of uh, at least the, the the I don't know if, who's seen what, but the 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 anticipation for it's pretty high. So, and it's it must be the opposite side of the coin from this very. Qu- small story to uh, in, in, in space travel. Yes, yeah. sir. Certainly. Yeah. I mean, when you're in a... The context of the film is that, like, there are these kids that, you know, are, you know, they are animal in nature because yeah. they haven't been affected by, you know, things we're affected by on a day-to-day basis, like the social norms, the culture, right. everything surrounding us. Um, so it's an exciting... Uh, Exciting thing and an exciting time. Like Very the cool. music of Bruce Springsteen, for example. <laughs> yeah. 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 Certainly, Which certainly. could have really helped you out on that point. <laughs> yeah. uh, Grinda, we have a fairly well-known uh, director who lives in the area, and actually we're friends with Night Shyamalan. Uh, oh, and I know okay. that the community is, is fairly small as far as directors go. You uh, uh, Do you have a connection with him at all? Or? No, I don't. Never I don't know him. Isn't Jonathan Demi from... Yes. 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 In fact, yes. directed yes. Philadelphia with yes. a song by Bruce Springsteen exactly. called Streets of Philadelphia. Exactly. <laughs> it all comes back Back together, Aaron. What do you have to connect to this? <laughs> All roads lead back. <laughs> but also, this is the home of Rocky, right? Yes. We're going, yeah. We passed the, the steps, and we're looking and forward actually, to running a, up them later. There is a connection because M Night Shyamalan likes to make little cameos in um, in his films, doesn't he? And there is a Gorinda cameo in Blind of There you go. Mm. Okay. Are you is... playing Patty Scalfia? <laughs> <laughs> no, I, I do have a Whitney Houston wig on there. <laughs> uh, yes, we and we are are in the heart of Bruce country right here. You know, uh, Philadelphia was his next connection. I mean, New Jersey, obviously, in New York, but uh, but Philadelphia and this radio station in particular was an early, early Bruce Springsteen supporter. Uh, so, you know, we're just, uh, we're stoked that I he, mean, that it, know, that we, he We'd be remiss if we didn't mention Ed Shockey. I mean, he, you yeah. know, he was a legendary DJ who worked here and Bruce slept on his couch, you know? Yeah. And, and, and uh, so when, when you're talking about the history of Bruce Springsteen in Philadelphia, you kind of have to mention WMMR and, and we don't, we're proud of that, you know. It's a, it's a neat thing to be able, and then to be able to talk to you guys about this and and have the the connection. It, it, it's really, very cool. It makes it universal. It really unifies everybody. Absolutely. And the remarkable thing is, we would never have known that when our movie came out 
that Bruce Springsteen would be number one in 14 countries with a new album yeah. that is killing it. I mean, we wow. could never have predicted that. That's uh, what, a, what a great artist, yeah. you know, after five yeah. decades to still hold that position. Well, the, yeah. the reviews are, are really wonderful, and they, uh, you know, you're, you, you're definitely on a streaker, and this is the kind of thing that speaks to so many people. And if you're, you know, listen, we love the big, uh, big Marvel movies and all that stuff as well, but we love these kind of movies, and Bended Like Beckham was, love it. So uh, it's it's a good it's a good menu item if yeah. you're going out to the movies. So. Absolutely. Yeah. Well, we really need the support of people because uh, it's not a big superhero movie as such. But you know, August sixteenth, it's that opening weekend that counts. Yeah. So yeah. We, we we really hope that um, people come out and support us. And I and I'm very proud of Aaron and Vivek too because I think they've got a great future ahead of them in the way the audiences are warming to them. Yeah, the, so. the, the response, the, 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 you're, you're, you're both getting cited for performances in, in the reviews, yeah. so that's excellent. Congratulations to you. Thank and you. good luck with the uh, the opening. I'm sure it's going to do wonderful. Thank you guys for coming by. Thank, thank you for having us. Appreciate it. and Safraz, thank you guys. We are going to take a quick break. I, I feel like Aaron Bruce Springsteen. Yeah. Uh, we'll take a break and we'll come back and uh, maybe we'll play a little Bruce. Stay with us. We'll return in a moment. With so many rock shows coming to BB&T Pavilion in August, MMR figures we'll just pitch our tent and stay the whole month. Nine killer rock concerts creates the opportunity for MMR's first rock residency. Breaking Benjamin. Santana. Alice Cooper and Hailstorm. MMR's got complete concert coverage and lots of chances to win your way in. For a complete rundown on MMR's rock residency in August and a chance at exclusive prizes and backstage experiences, check WMMR.com. All right, let's uh, dive back into the B-File one more time. WMMR presents Kristen and Steve's Bizarre Final. All right, this morning it is brought to you by Godshall's Eat Lighter, where Godshall's real meat, real wood, smoked turkey bacon with up to 80% less fat than pork bacon. Godshall's turkey bacon, except no imitations. Uh, a Fort Lauderdale woman is speaking out after she fought off a crook accused of forcing himself into her apartment. Police say Fitzroy Morton... Fitzroy Morton? ...tried to break into Alice Coleman's apartment Monday morning. Uh, and she Coleman said he was telling me, no, mama, everything going to be all right. <laughs> oh, Everything's no. not going to be all right. I'm not your mama, and I don't know who you are. Get out of my house, she said. The 61-year-old said that she woke up early to the fire alarm going off and opened her front door to see what was happening. She then said that Morton pushed his way into the apartment. She said, oh, Lord I, Jesus, is a fire. She said, I was able to bite him, and I didn't even have my teeth in my mouth like now. Dear God. My brother said, how did you bite him? I said, with the little teeth I got. But I bit him. And I felt some kind of danger. I sensed it. I seen that I seen that look on his face. My life were in danger. However, Coleman fought off Morton, who is roughly half of Coleman's age, and the 61-year-old ran uh, out of her apartment. She said, I ran out, and when I ran out, he locked himself in here. Locked me out of my own place. Coleman then ran to a neighbor's home and called police. And the police came. They asked me where he was. Coleman said, I told him that it was in my apartment. The police knocked on the door and said, police. He opened the door. And when he opened the door, they pulled him out, put the handcuffs on. <laughs> he opens the door. Yes. Put him in the car. 
Morton faces three felony charges. Now, with Morton behind bars, Coleman said that she is back to her normal self. But when it comes to being home alone, she is taking a different approach. She said, I'll be more careful. From now on, when I open my door, I'll open my door with my taser because I have one. <laughs> I got bronchitis. I want to meet this yeah, woman. Yeah, that's a resourceful woman. I love it. Four people are accused of holding a man hostage in a home and then, for his trouble, offered him a grilled cheese, grilled cheese sandwich before he left. <laughs> Look, you look you look a little famished. Can police, I hook you up with a sandwich? Police said the man reported the aggravated kidnapping on Sunday. Told police he was held against his will. In Listen, a, what a what a grilled cheese square us in a home for several hours. Four suspects held the victim at gunpoint while searching his phone and demanding answers to a work related issue. The victim and three suspects apparently worked together. Where's the printer paper? Police believe the suspects held the man because of comments made about a coworker. Uh, and the man didn't leave empty-handed. After holding him for several hours, they then released him and offered him a grilled cheese sandwich for his troubles. Jeremy Radford, Thomason Radford, uh, Jameson Nichelbo, and William Swan were all taken into custody after Oh, that. so he still pressed charges after he, a really yummy sandwich? You would think maybe that would... Uh, there was no bacon on it. ...fix it all up, but no. <laughs> A spear fisherman who was attacked by a shark over the weekend in Florida was saved by a group of medical professionals who just happened to be in a boat nearby. The 40-year-old diver was bitten by a shark while diving near Key Biscayne on Saturday morning, and his companions flagged down a passing charter fishing boat to help him. Little did the injured man know, the boat was cli- that he was climbing into was full of nurses that mm-hmm. were ready to assist him during his emergency, including Christine Haynes, and Glaza Martin, a pediatric nurse and an operating nurse, respectively. If I was a bunch of nurses practicing for my exams, I just might lure sharks into people uh, to bit- try my techniques. Video taken by an employee of Hotshot Charters shows a man in a wetsuit being helped onto the boat by two fishermen from another boat. The bite was so severe that the man's arm was mangled Ooh. and he was uh, blood from arm to foot. The nurses immediately applied a tourniquet to the man's arm. While Evans rinsed him off with a hose. What uh, if they were dental nurses? Uh, she said he was wearing a wetsuit, but he had bite marks in about three different places. He had muscle and skin hanging off. <laughs> the teeth marks were in his hand and skin was hanging off. There was quite a lot of blood. The nurses said they eventually found a first aid kit to help the diver, but it wasn't much to work with. Uh, but uh, Haynes said everybody remained extremely cl- calm. It was a team effort, all hands on deck. Even the guy that was bit, he was extremely calm, which really helped him and the situation. Uh, the captain of the boat then called 911, and they were met by paramedics within 20 minutes, and uh, he's going to be okay. A uh, Florida man was arrested this week <laughs> after pointing a gun at two delivery men when they arrived late with his furniture, threatening that he has, quote, shot people for less. Oh, oh there's another guy bragging, mm-hmm. right? He's bragging. Yeah. Yeah, that's exactly I've like shot that. people for less. What we were talking about earlier. Yeah. The suspect... 55. Oh, and I also slept with Janice Joplin. <laughs> uh, 55-year-old Mitchell Helton of Manatee County immediately began complaining when the delivery men showed up late with the furniture he ordered. The man asked if he still wanted the furniture, and Helton allegedly told them to, quote, do whatever you want. He then allegedly pulled his gun and pointed it at both of the men as he walked out of his house, and he said, you know, I've shot people for less. <laughs> The delivery men called the police after the threat, and Helton was arrested soon after. He was charged with two counts of aggravated assault and is being held on $5,000 bond. <laughs> Florida man. Florida man. 
All right, and then uh, we'll end with uh, this story. The battle over a controversial strip club sign along a busy street is heating up in Nebraska. Uh, It's in a neighborhood. And apparently the sign at uh, Candy's Gentleman's Club (laughs) says, Fully nude girls, stay-at-home moms, earn extra cash, apply within. Wow. Two birds at one stone, Preston. Uh, so neighbors want to take I'm a stay-at-home mom, and I'd like to strip. Saying it's a very inappropriate and kind of crass. Jetta Eveland said that she shouldn't have to explain what it means to her eight-year-old son. She Buy said, money for your drugs by stripping. She said, my son has seen this sign and has asked mom, why would moms go be naked? Why do they want naked moms? And uh, the fact that it uh, has fully nude girls, stay-at-home moms, my son can read that. He knows what nude means, and it's just kind of terrible. Why don't you just ask Aunt Mercedes? Uh, Candy's doesn't have a liquor license yet, and that has made it more difficult for the city to regulate the sign, which for now falls into the category of free speech. Aren't most strip clubs, at least in in general in this area, aren't they sort of zoned for... Industrial areas? No, there's a Club Mercedes sign that's right uh, in front of the stadiums on 95. Oh, is it? Yeah. Okay. Does it solicit for single moms? Not single moms, but, you know, there's obviously provocative stuff up there. My kids can read. (laughs) You know, it's sort of the the same thing, but whatever. Yeah, these are zoned for commercial areas. Yeah, okay. uh, Not industrial or uh, residential, I would think. So, anyhow, uh, he said, uh, Candy doesn't have a liquor license, as I said. Uh, some people said they aren't bothered by the sign or the business, but uh, Greg Johnson, the owner of AAA Electrostatic Painting located next door, said uh, he wants Candies to be a good neighbor and remove the sign. Okay. Yeah, so. All right, and there you go. That's what I have in uh, the Bizarre File. And we're going to wrap that up. And as we do so, giving away my last case of beer. Uh, Yards Philly Pale Ale. We're going to give away another one of these. Uh, Caller number 16. It's yours. 215-263-WMMR. If you say have to be at least 21 years of age, you can find Philly Pale Ale in bottles and cans wherever Yards beers are sold, including Mount Laurel Wine and Spirits in Mount Laurel. So call now if you'd like to get it. When we come back, we will test your knowledge of today's program. A lesson question. Trash and music news on the way as well. Stay with us. Love MMR? Buy some beer. Check out the rock shop at WMMR.com. Snazzy. Diamond jewelry doesn't have to be expensive. Have fun buying jewelry for someone you love and don't hate the price you pay. Feel the difference online at IHateStevenSinger.com with free shipping. Buy real diamonds from a real jeweler. Steven Singer Jewelers. That's IHateStevenSinger.com. Back with more of the Preston and Steve Show podcast. Nick, where are you going to be tonight? That's the latest news. <laughs> Let's get on to the latest rock. <laughs> <laughs> That's a good one. Oh, those yeah. tasty little morsels. <laughs> those are the best tasting little morsels I have ever had in my life. Mm-hmm. In my entire life. You think I was overstating things a no, little bit? No, no. Yeah. <laughs> was that for cookies? No. Girl Scout cookies. Girl Scout cookies, yeah. Wow. Yeah. Pizza reference after that. Yes, yes. Yeah. Yeah. I yeah, need to eat pizza. Right. What am I talking yes, about? Of course. I am talking about the need to eat pizza. Mm-hmm. Not the election or the choice. No. The physical need. <laughs> as if you've been prescribed a pizza from a doctor. I was doing a live read for a pizza. Pizza restaurant. Listen, th- this arthritis is not going to go away unless you start eating pizza. <laughs> <laughs> Really? Yep. Yeah. Uh, I want you to take two Samoas in the morning. Uh, Doctor's orders. Yep. I'm going to be at the general tonight. Go to the general and save some time. <laughs> yeah, save some time. 
I don't know what to think of those. It is Friday, isn't it? Yeah, it is. Uh, yeah, I'm a little freaked out by that guy. Yeah, Do you want to know something? I'll just jump in here before your very important no, no, no. promotion. Yeah. Shaquille O'Neal, uh, I saw a, a special about his business savvy, and he's actually really a really smart businessman. He um, he saw the the commercial. He I guess was a customer. Reached out. To, that's why Shaquille O'Neal is actually like part owner yeah. of General because he bought into the company. The, because he liked the little animated guy. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I love that guy. <laughs> I, lo- I love your Shaq. Hey man, uh, little tiny man is sitting in a car. <laughs> the commercial he used to do for Burger King killing. Yeah, like a Whopper, French fries, burgers, all right, so you're selling insurance tonight, Nick? Yes. Go to the general and save some time. Yep. And uh, Shaquille may or not uh, may or may not show up. No, we listen, don't know. It's a bar. Yeah, he might show up. But the place where I'm going to be is called the General. It's in Southampton, PA. The address is 76th Street Road. We're there with Landshark Beer, and they're giving away uh, some awesome prizes. Marissa did one of these last week, and and she was raving about how much fun her appearance was, which is always a great sign. So Landshark gives away a lot. Yeah, they really do. And, and uh, so it's 6 p.m. to 8 p.m. tonight. Uh, it is called the General, and yeah. uh, we're there from. Yeah. Uh, uh, I'm sorry. And the address once again is 76 Street Road, right in Southampton. And if you want a chance at winning 60 million dollars, uh, buy a Mega Millions ticket and then head on over to uh, see Nick. Wow! Right, yeah. at the general. So you can win 60 million dollars if you stop at any random place and pick up a lottery it, ticket. It right. may or may not help your odds. Yeah, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. we don't know. We don't no. know. All right, so we're going to do the lesson question. And Sorry, we're, Tennessee. We're going to give away a pair of tickets to the Philly Burger Brawl, and that's coming up on the 15th. All right, so here's the question I have for you. Which which Puerto, Puerto Ricans did Kathy's dad sleep with? 215-263-WMR. Let's see who knows the answer. Which Puerto Ricans? You haven't heard from them? No. Which Puerto Ricans uh, did Kathy's dad sleep with? 215-263-WMMR. You had to have been listening earlier to hear that. Uh, let's call Gloria Estefan's house. Let's see if you know the answer. <laughs> We're going to do the trash while you're calling in. The trash business is a gold mine. 93.3 WMMR with Preston and Steve's Hollywood Trash. All right, and it is brought to you by Drexel University. Gain confidence in the online classroom with Drexel University's test drive from August 19th through the 23rd. And you'll experience what it's like to study online at Drexel. Sign up today at drexel.edu slash test drive. What's up, Steve? Well, Tori Spelling revealing that she and her husband, Dean McDermott, have sex multiple times a day every day, and they credit CBD lube. The couple says it really blurs things if you rub it in your eyes. (laughs) Oh, my God. (laughs) Supermodel Emily Rajakowski says she's taking a feminist stand by sporting a thick crop of armpit hair for Harper's Bazaar photo spread. Jesus, it's Friday. Rajakowski further showed her commitment by going out and then knitting a fanny pack made out of her ass hair. (laughs) Isn't that wild that she would do that? And finally, uh, Wendy Williams appearing to forgive her cheating husband, uh, ex-husband, Kevin Hunter, and wishing him well with his new family. Hunter says that what could have been a painful situation was made easier by him maintaining a backup wife and child. (laughs) (laughs) And that's your Hollywood trash. All righty. We'll see if you know the answer to this, which Puerto Ricans did uh, Kathy's dad sleep with. 215-263-WMR. That's number. And I am going to go to Kate. See if you know. Hi, Kate. Good morning. Hey, you guys rock. Hey! Kate, all right, so which Puerto Ricans did uh, Kathy's dad sleep with? Menudo. Menudo. Hang on a second, Kate, as we are going to give you a pair of tickets to Philly Burger Brawl. 
2019. It's Sunday, September 15th at a new location, the Navy Yard. You can taste unlimited samples of burgers from the top restaurants in the city. Proceeds go to the Fund for the School District of Philadelphia, a nonprofit supporting school literacy through technology. And tickets are on sale now at phillyburgerbrawl.com. More info at WMMR.com as well. Time for music news. Now, Preston and Steve's music news on 93.3 WMMR. That? Brought to you by God Shawls. Eat lighter with God Shawls real meat, real wood, smoked turkey bacon with up to 80% less fat than pork bacon. God Shawls turkey bacon, except no imitation. So Slipknot will be releasing their sixth studio album uh, today, actually, and it's their first in five years. We are not your kind. Uh, while 2014's Five, the Grade Chapter, Introduce an entirely new rhythm section to the band. We Are Not Your Kind features the arrival of just one new member, an unnamed percussionist who replaced Chris Fenn earlier this year. Why uh, what they name him? Uh, guitarist, well, he's got a nickname. Guitarist uh, Jim Root said that uh, he is surprised that fans haven't been able to figure out the identity of the band's newest member who fans have nicknamed Tortilla Man. Okay. Uh, Root remarked, I've met this guy before. I know who he is, but he's really kind of elusive, even around our camp. Any indication of whether Kathy's daddy slept with him yet? Not yet. <laughs> they said, I've had some people tell me, don't tell us who it is. We're having fun trying to figure it out. So I'm going to keep my mouth shut about that. And see what happens. Eventually, someday, somebody's going to figure it out. Right. Uh, Slipknot's other percussionist, founding member Sean Clon Crahan, refused to reveal the identity of the band's mysterious new ninth member in an interview, saying it's nobody's effing business. Did you ever entertain, because you're in a band, your band sings. By the way, are you playing this weekend? No, we're not okay. playing. We just play once a month. Did you ever entertain doing anything like wearing a bucket on your head when you perform or like a, you know, like a Slipknot sort of thing? Though? I thought for a moment <laughs> last weekend... <laughs> About wearing some kind of a signature a thing, thing like and like I, ghost. Well, I was thinking about wearing a Viking helmet. Yeah, yeah, like uh, Flavor Flav. But I wear headphones, and that wouldn't oh, work. Yeah. So, oh, because I, I play electronic drums, and it helps protect my hearing. So. Also, you're not that cool yet. No, Don't I haven't gotten to that level. I know. I know. Um, what but if we can really, get... you know what I thought about? And there's no way I'd get away with it. When Paul Gilbert, the amazing guitarist that came by here, yes. was wearing a suit. He looked so cool in the He did suit. look cool, though you would sweat your balls yeah, off. Yeah, and it's hard to play in, in long sleeves, uh, drums, anyway, right? because you got to, it kind of, you know, it restricts you a little well, bit. Well, how about there. a sleeveless suit? A su- <laughs> oh, my God. A sleeveless <laughs> short suit. Yeah. yeah. A custom-made sleeveless, sleeveless suit. short suit. Now, I wouldn't do the short suit. Oh, please. Uh, then you're getting into Angus Young material. <laughs> yeah, I, mean, that, I don't want to do that. But a sleeveless suit? There you go. I'm sure they make them. You're going to love the way you look. Yeah. Uh, The Black Keys played a short set in Nashville recently for members of their fan club as the band rehearsed for their Let's Rock tour, which kicks off September 23rd in Denver. Uh, The first live performance since 2015 included the first live airing of the new single, Go, which the Keys have now posted footage of online. The clip also features the expanded live version of the lineup, which includes... Uh, touring members Andrew Gabbard and Delicate Steve on guitar. Oh, Steve so delicate. It's his name. <laughs> Hi, everybody. I'm Delicate Steve. <laughs> and I'm so glad you came. Don't touch. Uh, and Zachary Gabbard on bass. I made everyone some pizzelles. The- <laughs> I love those. Those are delicate yeah. cookies. Yes, they They're are. They're very delicate. You yeah. always get the powder on your pants. <laughs> They're light and airy. <laughs> What's your name again? Delicate Steve. Oh. Uh, the Keys released their ninth studio LP and first in five, year le- the five years Let's Rock this past June. He doesn't look very delicate. No, he looks like oh, a rocker. He doesn't. Rocker! 
Fingers. He's wearing a tank top. What's that? His fingers are delicate. Uh, Maybe that's part of the deal mm-hmm. is that at some point he takes off his delicate persona mm-hmm. and there's a seething rock beast underneath. So I, it's, it's I like our delicate Steve way better. <laughs> <laughs> well, he gives up his L's. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, we're, we're going to go back to the conversation we had earlier about uh, uh, the movie Blinded by the Light. Uh, Bruce Springsteen was in Asbury Park and uh, he seems to come there every single summer. Uh, Rolling Stone reported the boss took to the stage on Wednesday night at the Asbury Park Convention Hall following the premiere of the new film, Blinded by the Light. Uh, the whole uh, cast, uh, we, had, we had cast members and uh, director and writer here. They were all there for this event. Yes, it was and, very cool. I, I, in fact, some of the people, really, uh, you know, some of our Beasley brothers and sisters were able to attend the event. And uh, he jumped up to jam with uh, Southside Johnny and the Asbury Jukes. Uh, Bruce joined his uh, Jersey Club Circuit former bandmate for four songs that played the Wilson Pickett song six three four five seven eight nine. It's a very special night tonight because your people in this very auditorium who will soon be talking to Preston and Steve. Uh, they also did uh, Sam Cooks were having a party, which I think Johnny uh, Southside Johnny kind of had a semi hit. He did, yes, that back yeah. in the day. Uh, along with uh, Bruce Ritten, uh, Juke's classic uh, Talk to Me, and his own Sherry Darling. Uh, Bruce last popped up in Asbury on July 6th when he hit the Stone Pony summer stage to jam with uh, E Street bassist Gary Talent and then uh, played a seven-song set with Southside Johnny and the Jukes. Man, Southside Johnny looks like he looked 30 years ago. Oh, does he? Yeah. Oh, no kidding. Yeah, you're right. He's lost a little bit of weight. Yeah. Looks pretty good. Uh, it doesn't... A dozen Bruce Springsteen classics are featured on Blinded by the Light original motion picture soundtrack, which is released today, by the way. Uh, the coming-of-age movie chronicles the life of a Muslim teen in 1987 who comes into his own with the help of Springsteen's music. And it opens nationwide. It says here August 14th, but we were told the it's, 16th. It's the 16th, yep. Okay. Well, what the hell is it? So, Bruce performed, which is cool. Did yes. you see that there's a, uh, a Harry Potter song on that soundtrack? No. So uh, yeah, I just saw. Bruce this. wrote songs for Harry Potter. He did uh, for for Sorcerer's Sorcerer's Stone, and uh, which came out in two thousand one, but it was never released. It was supposed to be on that uh, film's soundtrack, and this is it's the uh, the soundtrack and the story is up on WMMR.com. so you can listen to this this Harry Potter song, and it but it never saw the light of day until now. It's now in the Blinded huh. by the Light soundtrack, uh, and if, if you want to take a listen to Whenever it, ever growing up in Oxford, whatever the school was called, me and Haggard. <laughs> Going down in the river, he had a dragon, lots of big eggs on his front lawn. And I would say, New Jersey and Levium. But it never worked. <laughs> New Jersey and Levium. Want to get out of this town with Wendy. He's tired of playing Quidditch. I'd always get the wood chiefing up on my taint. <laughs> From riding the broom? <laughs> yeah. yeah. Bruce went to Hogwarts. Oh, I did not know that. Which, what house were you in? Yeah. <laughs> it's, you got to get out of this town, man. I was in House Turnpike. <laughs> <laughs> that would have been... If oh, they just God. were... And never explained why yeah. Bruce Springsteen <laughs> as himself huh? was attending the school. Yeah. Yeah. Just as it was... I want to learn spells. It was normal. <laughs> wow. <laughs> All right. Uh, so let me see here. What else do we have for you? Paul McCartney has announced a special September 6th reading of his new animated children's book called Hey Grand Dude in London. 
What's the name of it again? It is called Hey Grand Dude. Hi, Grandma. <laughs> the former Beatle will appear in Piccadilly Bookstore Waterstones. And according to the announcement, customers will have the chance to purchase one of a limited amount of tickets to attend the event with up to two children or grandchildren to meet Paul. Is this the first uh, kids' book he's ever written? And have a copy of Hey Grand Dude sign in person. You know what? I do not know that. No, you know what? He, I think he wrote one with Linda years ago mm. f- uh, promoting vegetarianism. Quite possible, yeah. Uh, tickets will go on sale Monday, and one ticket includes entry for one adult and up to two children age 12 or under. And a copy of Hey Grand Dude. And uh, he's going to read it while he's there. I like so. Brian Regan's uh, skit about children's book authors. You, you've heard it right now. Yeah. Like yeah. Three pages See, long. the clock. The clock. In page two, the clock goes tick. Yeah. <laughs> the <Yeah>. end. <laughs> I'm a children's book author. But why some of them hit and some of them don't. Oh, yeah. and you when they hit. Oh, my yeah. God. Yeah, you're set for life. And there you go. That's what I got for you in uh, Music News this morning. We have one final break to take, and we're going to do that very thing right now. When we return, we'll give away our Word of the Week prize, and we'll see what Mr. Robert has in store for you uh, for your midday on this fine Friday. Stay with us. We'll be back in a second. What's new? Glad you asked. The Black Keys. Greta Van Fleet. Five Finger Death Punch. New music. More of everything that rocks. On 93.3 WMMR. That's the Glorious Sons on 93.3 WMMR. It's called Panic Attack. New music for you on this Friday morning. It's about 1040 a.m. About ready to wrap up our broadcast week. Uh, but not before we take care of a few things. And I don't know why I failed to mention this earlier today, but um, maybe you saw this social media. We had our friend Cecily Tynan on the show yesterday. Damn it if they didn't find her puppy. Yeah. Yep. Good. She had a, uh, she had a uh, chihuahua puppy. He was only like three months old. And uh, her husband was it was out with the dog. Turned around. Dog was gone. And uh, turns out it was in the neighbor's yard underneath a picnic table. Stuck under the picnic yeah, table. Yeah, like got underneath an area that was buried or something like that. I think they that... Found, they found the puppy dog. Might have saved its life, Preston, because you have a, a dog that small in yeah. an area with predators. Yeah. And uh, in yeah. a way, it, it probably worked towards uh, Luna, is that the dog's name? So I thought it was Samantha. Nala. 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 What, who the hell Nala's is Samantha? Samantha's... That's probably somebody your dad slept with. <laughs> My mom. Very well could be. Um, no, uh, that was the name that the shelter that they got it from had oh, given to the dog, so then they named it Nala. Got it. And uh, so they got the dog back, which is pretty cool. Luna. <laughs> a, new, a new legend has been born on the show yeah. today. Kathy's dad. going to have to get a hold of him. The reverse groupie. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yes, Casey. You know what? I, I told a... Re- you guys remember intern Joe? Yeah, I do. Yeah. Um, yeah, I told him I would do a, a little bit of a mention for him. There is this thing going on in Narberth this weekend. Uh, Joe is a Narberth uh, EMT. He was he, on Good Morning America. He was on Good Morning yeah. America a couple While of weeks we're on ago. Vacation, yeah. mm-hmm. uh, so there is the mainline bike race. It's a benefiting Narberth ambulance. Uh, it is going to. Uh, it is scheduled for Sunday, this Sunday, and this year's event follows the same race, uh, race route as last year. Uh, I'm not going to read this entire thing, uh, but if you want more information, how about that? That's if you want a better more way information, to go, about it. Yeah. go to mainlinebikerace.com. 
right. And that's then, all I'd say about and that. And you know what? I'll go ahead and say this because uh, I had mentioned somebody from 6ABC, my friend Matt O'Donnell over there. Yes. Shot his best round of golf ever. No and kidding. He, he sent me the scorecard. Uh, Matt, congratulations on your 69. Whoa. He shot wow. yeah, 200 par at uh, White Manor Country <laughs> Club. So, Damn. Matt O'Donnell. So, tearing it up on the golf course. How, how soon before you re- You have shoulder issues? I've quit for the season. I'm right. Yeah, really? Yeah. Oh. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You wow. will revisit it. You're going to get some physical therapy. I know yeah. you're going to get a torso transplant. I'm going to, yeah. I'm gonna, <laughs> Wait, why? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I'm just going to, I'm going to rest it because I, I had gone through physical therapy and I thought it was ready to go yeah. and I went out and played and it hurt really bad and uh, you know what? I'm just... I'm gonna. I'm not gonna make it better by going out and playing. So I'm gonna wait till next season. Because you guys were neck and neck, basically. No, not for a while. For a while you were though. For a while, yeah, yeah, yeah. a couple were. of years ago, and then he decided to neglect his wife and children and play <laughs> golf all the time. See, that's what the great part of being an abandoned dad. He tell me. He did tell me it comes with a cost. <laughs> But he he joined the country a great club guy, and he yeah. worked really 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 hard on his game. At least he's good. Dude can hit it, man. Yeah, you're right. If you're gonna spend all that time, <laughs> yeah, freaking better be good, yeah, right? Uh, so congratulations, man. That's cool. I'm real happy for you. <laughs> hey, do you want, real quick? Do you want me to go over the Schuylkill stuff again? Yeah, yeah. please. Just People be, need to know about the it. The only reason I bring it back up is because we talked about uh, the Martin Luther King Drive and Kelly Drive. Kelly Drive is going to be open all weekend, but Martin Luther King Drive is going to be closed on Saturday. From what the f- I know, only in the morning, 6 to 11, but you know that always adds extra traffic on the Schuylkill. And uh, so the Schuylkill eastbound closed between 30th Street and South Street over the weekend. Close, uh, closes 11 p.m. tonight. They don't reopen any of the lanes until uh, Monday at 5 a.m. So you know and this is going to be, uh, everyone's forecasting this to be perhaps the weekend of the summer. So don't don't forget that if yeah. you get out and about don't on the roads. Stuck. Yeah, don't get yourself stuck. Now, it is weather dependent. It has to be dry for them to do the work, but um, it looks like it's going to yeah. be this weekend. So. Yeah, it's going to cooperate all weekend. Cool. Uh, I want to thank our guest. Uh, we had in the studio this morning the writer, the director, and a couple of the stars of the movie Blinded by the Light, which is coming out in theaters on August 16th. So I want to thank uh, Vivek, uh, Aaron, and Gorinda, and Sarfraz for being here this morning. They were great guests. It's a great story. She is an amazing director. She she directed um, ben, ben, like yeah. Beckham, and I I just she said it so perfectly. Took these these cultures that that, uh, that we we have these things in common, these family relationships, right, these day to day struggles and stuff like that. And it's just it's a beautifully well done film. And I got to believe that this is too. So I'm I'm dying to see it. Yeah, they were really nice. Uh, we need to, let's see, Casey, that's up there. I'm going to hook you up. Yeah, we need to do the letter of the day, so let's go ahead and up. fire that thing up. Hang on, here he comes. So here we go. Hey! Hey! Now, the Daily Letter. All right, and the Preston and Steve show is brought to you today by the letter. You get what you get. <laughs> Tearing in here. Um, S. All right, <laughs> S, as in S. All right. Yeah, yeah. So Uh-oh. S is an S. So we'll take caller number seven. That starts with S. Two one five two six three WMR, and that we'll see if you know that word, and we'll see if we can set you up the prize. And uh, Pierre looking good today, so nodding morning, his head. Yeah, fresh from the tractor off. pull. Yeah, <laughs> I don't have my right glasses. Mm. Oh, Nothing's right. Uh, which which glasses are those? I what, don't. What are those for? Effing no. <laughs> they don't. But I forgot my, I can't find my glasses in the chaos of my rent-a-car, which is, 
another story. They look a little heavier on the prescription side than you use. Than you use. (laughs) I don't think they're yours. These yours, ma'am? No, okay. That's a a dude. Don't they? It's amazing. Actually, Pierre, when you were wearing them, I could see your brain. Well, there's not much there. It's it's sponge matter at this point. You've had a magical couple of days. No, I've had a magical, beautiful couple of days. I I mean, it's been a magical month. You know, the Collective Soul record came in with my liner notes on it, which is just like so moving and so beautiful. And then the the PMA award for the plaque, which was announced uh, this week. And then amidst it, this uh, it's juxtaposed with this absolute chaos of having lost my cell phone a couple of weeks ago on the train, then finding it, and then leaving my entire bag on the train on Sunday, and then driving your car. Well, no, when I drove, I actually took the train the next day to Washington, thinking that it was <laughs> in Washington, and waited by the the lost and found in Washington for three hours. Only to have the lady come and say, man, we can't seem to find it anywhere. And I'm going, okay. What? Then I hobbled back up to Philly. And then I went yesterday. Uh, then Tuesday I went into town and everything was closed. And then I went to the, then I thought maybe I left it at 30th Street Station. And then, then Wednesday, I don't know what happened. And then Thursday, was that yesterday? Uh, yeah, Thursday no, was yesterday. Wednesday I went into town to try to. Go to 30th Street Station of the Lost and Found. That night, drove through a puddle, and then my entire car <laughs> collapsed, and it's still in a garage down um, down in University City. Um, I feel like you need a life assistant, like somebody that's just always stands next to you. Brian Wilson, when he was in the midst of his um, after drug uh, trauma, had a twenty four hour therapist. Mm-hmm. Um, oh, the, the loony doctor. Yeah, doctor oh, he was no good. Yeah, yeah you need. You need I'll a take him though. I'll take him. <laughs> you don't need a loony doctor. You just literally need a person there to say, "Oh, you're you forgot. Those are not your glasses." Yeah, yeah. Jackie yeah. was good at that. I mean, when Jackie and I travel together, because the first time we travel together, I sit, we sit down, we're going to the Stones in London for the opening of the 50th anniversary tour, and I go, where's my phone? He goes, what? And he's not used to my life. Yeah. And I go, where's my phone? He goes, I don't know. He goes, <laughs> I said, well, call it. And he called it, and it's seven or eight rows ahead on a seat. <laughs> I mean, you know, it's just like, how did it get there? I, you just don't, the, the madness, the chaos. That's what I mean. So I've had these I, again, these magical blessings, which I am not uh, uh, not cognizant. Of. I'm, I'm I'm embracing them and thankful for them. And these absolute remnants of mercury retrograde chaos that are that are stupendous well, in their staggering crippleness. Think about this. Perhaps life is laying out these um, these things to only accentuate how wonderful these blessings are. Thank you. Did you nice. get your bag it is back? not. It's not Mercury retrograde. You're just a basket case. <laughs> hey, hey, hey! F off, you, what are you piece gonna, of crap! What are you going to come to terms with? Slap this? yourself. <laughs> Go have some lasagna. <laughs> hey, uh, what? Well, I don't know what that means. No, I don't know what it means either. either. It's just the kind of thing. <laughs> don't don't you tell me what? to have lasagna? Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Don't tell Witnesses me about my sugar. Said that the man suggested the other man go eat lasagna. <laughs> Um, we have a helicopter over the radio station right now. <laughs> what's, it, what's Casey? What's the thing you get angry at them for saying? Uh, ranch about dressing. Your... Ranch dressing. But I'm yeah. over that. I've, I've come to okay. terms with it. All right. Well, he I'm not over it. it yet. I love ranch dressing, and whenever people bring it up, I just it's my. Did you I find your? No, bag? the bag is still lost. Oh, oh man. Right. Um, and and um, but you know it's all good because right. I'm sharp as a tack. Uh, you are. Listen, all those right. they're only things. They're only things. <laughs> 
And, and, and the, the brain the is only a thing. <laughs> Just, uh, you know, as semblances of it float past. Let's do that letter. You know what he is? We already did it. You said he did Oh, yeah. Uh, we're going to get a winner, though. Right. Yeah, but you know winner. what I was going to say, yeah. Steve? He's a pip, isn't he? He is a pip. <laughs> <Yep>. <laughs> You're a pip. And you can say that, spell that both ways. <laughs> you can't. It's a yeah. palindrome. It is yeah. a dorm of pal. All right, let me... <laughs> I'm going to Stu. Hi, Stu. You're on the air. Good morning. Gadzooks, bitches. Gadzooks. All right, Stu, give us that winning word, please. Stars. Great day in the morning. That is it. Absolutely it, Stu. Hang on a second, because we're going to give you a Metro by T-Mobile four-pack of four-packs. We're going to give you a four-pack of general admission tickets to the Philadelphia Zoo, Adventure Aquarium, Clementon Park and Splash World, and some tickets to see Santana in concert on August 24th at BB&T Pavilion. How about that, buddy? Love it. All right, hang on, Stu. We'll get your info. Don't forget, Planet Earth is calling. Recycle your old phones, please. So what do you have on the show today, Pierre? Well, I've got workforce blocks of the offspring, and they uh, are going on sale very shortly. Uh, Or maybe it went on sale already. Or if it not, it's going on sale soon. (laughs) But at any rate, it's going on sale at some point today, and I'll have a block and tickets to give away. And tickets uh, for uh, also Beck and KG Elephant and Spoon coming over to Camden. Uh, also, I've got workforce block of uh, Brian Ferry, Roxy Music. He is at the Met on Sunday. And we'll do a combined block of that um, uh, Breaking Ben and Chevelle and Three Days Grace and Dorothy and Diamante thing. So it'll be fun. All right, cool, man. Uh, I do want to mention we have a few Daily Rush videos that are new, and I didn't get a chance to talk about the rapid release Rocky uh, listener Jim was feeling defeated, but hearing the Rocky theme gave him the extra strength to release a new Tylenol. Uh, also, the Scottish scientist is called the Scottish Artificial Tongue, and they have created the ultimate taster for all you knobnifflers, frig nibblers, and chowder huffers. Uh, and also, we have the Brad Williams uh, interview last time he was in. So, watch that now. PrestonandSteve.com, sponsored by Punchline Philly Comedy Club, Restaurant, and Bar. Thank you to our sponsors, Drexel University. Gain confidence in the online classroom at Drexel University's Test Drive. Sign up at drexel.edu slash test drive. Also, Duncan, the official coffee of the Preston and Steve Show. The Preston and Steve Show runs on Duncan. And Hyundai City. They're celebrating 25 years with their customer appreciation event, and you can visit HyundaiCity.com. And last but not least, Course Photography, the official photographer's of the Preston and Steve show. We're actually getting some family pictures done over course photography today. Really? Yeah, wow. I'm not in them, though. But yeah. anyway, next week on the program, Marlon Wayans will be in our studio. And uh, comedian John Roy, amongst other things, taking place. That is it. Rage on. Have a great weekend. The weather's going to be wonderful. Enjoy. And we'll see you later, gang. The Preston and Steve. Love you. Hate you. Live. My car broke down. I'm sorry. I don't think I'll be able to make it there in time. It'll have to be next Friday, I promise. Next message. Next message. Please, someone help me find my ice cream. The Preston and Steve Love You, Hate You line. Call 484-434-1333. MMR rocks. Brought to you by DellToyota.com and DellChevrolet.com. Jack, sell them for less.